going to religion, culinary arts, airlines, food recipes, else United States, Africa, uh, outdoor recreation, travel tourism. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Thursday, March 31st, 2011. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, Episode 2901. This is No Agenda. Ripping up Article 1, Section 8 here at the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation West, the People's Republic of Southern California. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where I'm reading Agenda 21, I'm John C. Dvorak. Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. Hey, in the morning to you. And in the morning to you and all ships at sea and beats underground. <laughs> the beats underground. Beats underground. <laughs> beats grow underground and boots on the ground, perhaps. We've been emailing me. I got yeah, some boots on the ground. Yeah, we got some on boots ground. on the ground in uh, Libya. I yeah, we do. We got boots on the ground everywhere. You know, this is getting so exciting with this show, is that we it literally have boots on the ground everywhere. I mean... Uh, from 611 Folsom Street, <laughs> 600 Folsom Street, to, uh, to Libya. The, the, foots are, the foots are on the ground everywhere. It's, a, it's very good. So we bring you the true news. Yeah, we have our own uh, people. We're, we're gathering intelligence. So, um, gee, I wish there was something to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> All right, l- l- let me just kick it off because we, well, well, we might as well get this crap out of the way. Right well, off the bat. Well, do we have to? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Because when we when we last left when we last left Adam and John and John Boy and Mary Ellen and Sue Bob, uh, the president was uh, speaking on Monday to the nations about uh, how uh, how it is possible that we are at war in Libya without uh, following the Constitution of the United States. You're referring to his little his little talk, his little ditty there. Is that, by the way, did, what did you watch it on? I watched it on C-SPAN. What did you watch it on? Uh, I think I watched it on C-SPAN too. Did you see that extra extra long shot of the teleprompter they made? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, wow. Just- yeah, yeah. The C-SPAN for people out there when C-SPAN took a kind of behind the Obama shot into mm-hmm. the audience. And the audience was filled with all these, just these bored, uh, it looks like everybody that they could, it looks like they took everyone from the Pentagon and, and, and had a, an announcement over the PA system. <laughs> students, uh, at 12 o'clock there will be an assembly. All students are expected to be in the gym at 12 o'clock. And did you see, because you know, with, with, uh, with C-SPAN you get, you know, you don't have to listen to Wolf Blitzer talk while in, you know, in a little small itty bitty window of what's actually going on you see the full screen before it happens the, the president he like bounded onto the stage he's like Woo-hoo! like he, yeah but you know he the way he walks he has his his, his, his his he's like a chipmunk he's got both hands in front of himself <laughs> and, and, chipmunk it's like a little chipmunk and he but and he but and he jumps he kind of and, and his hands are his motionless hands are in front of him kind of tucked in a little like a like dog paddle kind of thing <laughs> <laughs> and then he, and that's the way he walks down the uh, Air Force One, and that's the way he jumps on the stage. He's got his hands. It's like Mr. Burns has got his hand in the yeah. Simpsons. He's got his hands up. <laughs> he is Mr. Excellent. He's excellent. He bounded onto the stage. And and so uh, so they had that extra long teleprompter shot. It was just hilarious. I mean, I could read two whole paragraphs out loud. And Mickey's like, what are you doing? How do you do that? He said, well, I'm just reading the teleprompter. It's on the screen here. 
Yeah, no, they had a shot from behind. Apparently, Obama set up with this is a good triple. Do you see this? On yeah, the no, it's a, tri- it's a, it's a, a triple prompter, triple, triple it's play. It's a triple prompter. You got you got your two glass prompters on your left and your right. Yeah, and then way in the back, there's a giant screen on the back wall that is a prompter. Mm-hmm. And this thing, you could. I was doing the same thing, especially when I put it up on the screen. I could read the speech in advance. Squirrel. So. um a couple things. First of all, I fell off my chair. I fell off my chair, John. Literally. Get a different chair, for God's sake. You're going to kill yourself. When the president says, we have seized $33 billion, I'm like, oh, my God. Throw it in my face. It, it was never 33. It was it was. Uh, the largest asset seizure in history. It was more than thirty billion, and now it was thirty-three billion. Hello. Actually, he must may have had to say that because Hillary let it slip the day before. Hillary was at which I have some clips of her. I'm sorry to report. That is indeed quite unfortunate. Well, before you she, get to Hillary, there was another piece of code in there that I noticed. Or do you want to continue on the thirty-three thing? I mean, that was just blatant code for. We've got the cash. We've got it. <laughs> We're going to rebuild with his own cash. <laughs> Who wants some of the $33 billion? <laughs> Is that your Obama? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's the other Obama. So do no, we- go on. you got some other stuff. Yeah, I, no, I, have so- to, I have one Obama clip from that speech. You can play it if you want. Well, uh, okay. Which uh, It's just the guts of it, the way I see it. All right, the guts of it. Let's listen to that then. Mindful of the risks and costs of military action, we are naturally reluctant to use force to solve the world's many challenges. Yeah. But when our interests and values are at stake, we have a responsibility to act. That's what's happened in Libya over the course of these last six weeks. Libya sits directly between Tunisia and Egypt. Thank you for the geography lesson. <laughs> I actually looked. I'm like, let me just make sure. <laughs> this is how, how anal I've become. Let me just make sure it's exactly between between the two. Ah, crap. All right. He's, he's not, he wasn't lying for a, for a moment. Inspired the world when their people rose up to take control of their own destiny. For more than four decades, the Libyan people have been ruled by a tyrant. Muammar Gaddafi. He has denied his people freedom, exploited their wealth, murdered opponents at home and abroad, and terrorized innocent people around the world, including Americans who were killed by Libyan agents. He also said something about um, he's been... Americans were killed by Libyan agents. Well, Are they over here killing people? Well, What's see, I, 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 I couldn't really find that anywhere, nor could I find any real mention, except back to the 1970s, where uh, during the revolution, you know, the, um, which is when it all started for Gaddafi, he started, uh, you know, they, they hung people who, were, uh, who they overthrew, essentially. And the president says, you know, we, he's, he's hung people in the streets. I'm like, yeah, but that was part of the revolution. It wasn't necessarily Gaddafi that did that. But okay, I'll take that. I'll, whatever. He's a bad guy. Yeah, we're really good. Like those bombs have, you know, flowers poof out of it. Right, whatever. But the thing you know, that... 
Yeah. You know, as an aside, as an aside, I want you to continue, but as an aside, are you a little concerned uh, that, you know, he Obama brags, and so does Hillary, actually, about how quick they are to jump into this fray without, you know, giving it much thought to just do it? And I'm reminded of the member that that woman from the agriculture department that uh, some right wing oh, talk show the, taking a clip from her the and, then, and they fire her. Oh, right. Remember that? It was yeah. like they jump to action before they yeah. really think things through. I'm worried. You know, this, these guys have their finger on the red button. Well, you're trying to. Oh be- my God! It looks like a missile launch. Well, don't take any chances. Push the button and let's launch all our missiles. All right. So now you're talking like a rational guy, and I've got to stop that. I've got to intervene. Right, keep I've, going. I've got Go to back. intervene. So there was another piece of code, and I and and something happened that that confirmed this for me. Uh, I'm reading here from the uh, official transcript. We knew that we knew that if we wanted, and that was a, that was a mistake. If we waited. <laughs> which is not he made a lot of those flubs by the way we knew that if we wanted uh if we waited one more day benghazi a city nearly the size of charlotte would suffer a massacre that would have reverberated across the region as, and sustained the conscience of the world ah now you know, the, yeah that caught my attention too because why why charlotte, charlotte? why charlotte now charlotte is uh in north carolina what is the uh, now? We've had other uh, little warning shots go out to Charlotte in the past. What is the main main company that is headquartered in Charlotte? The Bank of America. Know. Who? Bank of oh, America. Bank of America. Right, is in Charlotte. And then what happens the other day on the news? I'm trying to find out what or who caused a hole. In the side of a U.S. Airways jetliner, the pilot of the Flight 737 was making a visual inspection of the plane when he noticed that small hole above the passenger windows. The flight originated in Philadelphia and had just landed safely at the airport in Charlotte, North Carolina. So uh, someone shot at the plane. It's a bullet hole that entered through the top of the uh, fuselage through the cabin to ca- passenger cabin and uh, went right into the cabin. Someone shot at the plane. Well, now, wasn't there a bunch of Bank of America executives on that plane that landed yes, 30, in what, the Hudson? Yes, 33 of them, I might add. Right, which, <laughs> and, and under most normal circumstances, if it wasn't for good old Sully, yeah, huh? they would all be dead. Yes, Sully, who has a, uh, a multi-million dollar two-book deal, one of them which is poetry. <laughs> of his great haikus. He's on the other side of whatever battle this is we're so, witnessing. So when you say something like this... I mean, here's the way I read it. If we waited one more day, Benghazi, a city nearly the size of Charlotte, in other words, Charlotte could suffer a massacre that would have reverberated across the region and stained the conscience of the world. For some reason, and I think this has to do with the $33 billion, for some reason, this is a message saying, hey, hey, we've got our eye on you. And I think it's Bank of America. There's a lot of big companies in Charlotte, by the way. Uh, there's some other banks there too maybe uh, well it's kind, it's kind of a, a a big financial center now but if you uh if you look at well, the, it sounds like a message to charlotte to me yeah I mean, i'm not quite why sure. would you say charlotte half the americans don't even know what you're talking about charlotte I, Charlotte's I, some woman i didn't even understand it at first i had to go back to the transcript what what was he talking about charlotte charlotte what's going on there uh so I have like uh, a million uh, different little things, um, but it's obvious that uh, that everybody. So the first thing is, 
what he's doing and what he continued to do on numerous different shows is explain away the fact that he has done this without congressional approval, which is 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 written in the Constitution that it has to happen that way. And what is continuously being said is, no, no, you know, we saved or created thousands of people. We had to act now. And, and I don't care. I'm sorry. I don't care. I just don't care about the people of Libya that much. I care more about the agreement that we have. In what what else? What else good is the Constitution? So we this whole thing is resulting in a, at at least a push forward where the President of the United States does not have to adhere to the Constitution. And I am outraged by this. And and look at our Congress. Look at the Senate. Even Ron Paul is not even. Uh, you know, he was asked on a, uh, on some show, well, you know, Dennis Kucinich uh, says he, we should impeach uh, the, the president. What Would you sign on? And even Ron Paul's going like, well, you know, I, uh, I would have to see. What? Ron Paul's not agreeing with impeachment over this? John, your take, please. the only honest man in Congress, and we never even like the guy. No, he's, he's, well, I like him because he's, he's seen UFOs. That's cool. Well, he's, he's seen, well, you like <laughs> you like because he's got the best looking wife in Congress. <laughs> Yeah, she is. She's pretty hot. And um, so there's a couple of things. Uh, actually, I pulled a uh, a clip from... I got a Hillary clip here. Now, this is from, uh, from uh, last Sunday. But I don't care what words you use. The, well, certainly, the word imagine is not enough to break a fundamental part of the Constitution. Because, I, you know, I know that there's been a lot of questions, and those questions deserve to be asked and answered. The president's going to address the nation uh, on Monday night. Imagine we were sitting here. Imagine. Uh, John, imagine. just imagine. Imagine, imagine. Imagine we're just sitting here, John. Just imagine for a moment. Just imagine, okay? And Benghazi had been overrun, a city of 700,000 people, and tens of thousands of people had been slaughtered. So what, she's making us imagine something. So imagine um, that people have been not killed but slaughtered. By yeah, the way, but imagine it's not like it is happening. It has happened. No, imagine, imagine, imagine all the people. just imagine, as Hillary says. Uh, hundreds of thousands had fled, and as Bob said, uh, Bob. either with nowhere to go or overwhelming uh, Egypt while it's in its own uh, difficult transition. And we were sitting here. The cries would be, why did the United States not do anything? No, I don't think so. <laughs> it's just not, it's, I, I just disagree. You know, we, no one's crying about, uh, about the Ivory Coast. Point to that on the map. Coast is worse. Yeah. And, and Syria, they're butchering people, uh, slaughtering. I'm sorry, let me get that right. Slaughtering. Slaughtering, slaughtering. as we speak. Yes, yeah, slaughtering. And then, uh, so I watched hours and hours and hours and hours of C-SPAN. And so they all how these. How much was how many? Did you, uh, more than, you, 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 you watched at hours least and hours 15, and hours and hours and hours? 15 hours. Because I only watched hours and hours and hours. No, no. I watched hours and hours and hours and hours. Oh. Huh. I get. So everyone gets it. We watch hours. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. We watch hours. You, do so you don't have to. Right. So they had the two uh, generals. They had the guy in charge uh, of uh, NATO, and then uh, this uh, General Stavridis. Stavridis, Greek dude. 
uh, Stavros Blofeld. <laughs> Stavros Blofeld. <laughs> so Stavros, so and it's and it's about Libya, right? And of course, everyone's there: Lieberman, McCain, everyone's pontific. It, it, and and Luria start the show off. Oh, this will last about two hours and forty-seven minutes. I'm like, oh, okay. So I watch it, looking for some gold. Because, uh, you, know, you know, this is all about the uh, the Libyan invasion. That's how it's titled on C-SPAN. And they go all they go all off the track, and it's about the budget. But then McCain comes out, and I'm like, yeah, thanks, man, finally. I watched two and a half hours for this. But it was pretty good. So McCain, who in 2009 um, went to do a weapons deal with, uh, with Gaddafi in Libya. This is documented. It's not like any big secret. He went there to do a deal for forty billion dollars, and it was for uh, you know non-offensive weapons. So I guess billy clubs and stun guns or whatever. But uh, it was a weapons deal, forty billion dollars. The same guy is saying this just two days ago in Congress. So uh, the only other question, I know this is a very tough one, but there are con- persistent rumors that. Um, Gaddafi really has very few friends, and it's likely that at some point he will, that they will crack, and he will either leave, be killed, whatever. Is, it, is that something that you think is a, a pretty good possibility that may happen? As I look at the situation in Libya, Senator, you... By the way, for a general, no voice. You can see a wide range of possibilities uh. out ahead of us that run from... Uh, a static stalemate to uh, to what you just described, uh, Qaddafi cracking. I, I I think that if we work all the elements of power, I think we have a chance at uh, a more than reasonable chance of uh, Qaddafi uh, leaving because the entire international community is arrayed against him. And I think the events today in London where 40 nations are gathered uh, to discuss this would, would lend weight to the theory that um, as Secretary Gates said in testimony or, or on a talk show, uh, he probably doesn't need to be hanging any new pictures. Now, now McCain is coming up with this horrible thing he's about to say, but I just want to point out, this is a new thing. Everyone is using these little, like, quips. You know, like what you just heard, Secretary Gates says he doesn't need to hang any new pictures. It's like they're so arrogant now. Have you noticed this, John? Now that you mention it, I, I I didn't I I should have noticed it, but I have noticed it, but I have not. Uh, it hasn't come up uh, in my consciousness yeah, enough. Yeah. Now it has. Yeah, it's, 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 so you. But can, you're right. It's all over the place. It's These all, guys quips. all think com- They all think they're stand up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he doesn't need to hang any new pictures. Be here all week. We're gonna come here and kick your ass, Gaddafi. Kick your ass. All right. Now here comes McCain, the the guy who did business with uh, Gaddafi two years ago, and he uh, clearly. Uh, we just want him gone, whether to be live with Chavez or meet Hitler and Stalin or be in a criminal court. <laughs> what is this? To meet Hitler and Stalin. <laughs> McCain. D- McCain. I'm McCain, sorry. You're not funny. Douchebag. No, you're not funny and you're a total douche. To meet Hitler and Stalin or go live with Hugo Chavez. So then this is what blew my mind. So then they all meet in London. And uh, and uh, Haig, the uh, foreign minister for uh, Gitmo Nation East, puts together a, a conference, which has stickers, by the way. They got stickers I watched, what, this, I watched the entire conference. <laughs> yeah. It's called the London Conference on Libya. Yeah. And it has logos, logos and stickers. And, and, and it's like, what is it? How, when was this planned? <laughs> oh, well, I can tell you about that. Yeah. So, uh, 
Uh, so a couple things. First of all, speaking our uh, so Haig, of course, spoke. Uh, Cameron, I got a, a minute or so of Cameron, uh, which is just disgusting. And, uh, well, no, let's play Cameron first. First, UN Security Council Resolution 1973. It was just 12 days ago, following an appeal by the Arab League, that the United Nations passed the historic resolution... Historic! ...to protect the people of Libya from the murderous brutality of Colonel Gaddafi. Now, that's not what the resolution was, but okay. They're blaming the Arab League for yeah, everything. Yeah, oh yeah, the Arab League, which is a bunch of, of kings and dictators. It's this, these aren't democratic countries, but it gets better. At the meeting, Nicolas Sarkozy hosted... Nicolas, Nicolas, he's Nicolas, because as we called him in class, it's Nicolas. Nicolas Sarkozy. Nicky, Nicky, Nicky C, Nicky S, Sarko. ...in Paris, we made the right choice. That was to draw a line in the desert sand. Uh, uh, more jokes. A line in the desert sand. Get it? Get it? Ink, ink, ink. To halt the murderous advance of Gaddafi's forces. Murderous! And I think we should be in no doubt. That make, let's make it clear. Let there be no doubt. That action did save the city of Benghazi. Or created. It averted a massacre. And averted a massacre! John! It averted a, ma- a massacre! Did you hear that? A massacre! How do we know? We actually know that. We don't. All you have to do is... Imagine all the people... It's all it takes. Just got to imagine. It has at least given freedom a chance in Libya. But I think we should be in doubt, in no doubt about something else. I love the, that little misstep there. You hear that? Did you catch it? Yeah. I think we should be in doubt. I mean, and no doubt. I love it when they do that. Hey, play. What are you in doing? In Libya. Yeah. But I think we should be in doubt, in no doubt, uh, about something else as well. Oh, what? And that is, as we sit here today, and as I speak, people in Misrata continue to suffer murderous attacks murderous! from the regime. I have had reports this morning... Uh, I've had reports! Reports! ...that the city is under attack from both land and from the sea. How can it be from the sea? They've got the whole thing sealed off. That sounds like... Squirrel! Bullcrap. Gaddafi is using snipers to shoot people down and let them bleed to death in the street. Bastard! What a bastard, I tell you! He's cut off food, water and electricity to starve people into submission. And he is harassing humanitarian ships that are trying to get into the port to do what they can to relieve their suffering. That, how can he do this? There's it like, doesn't make any... You're right. There's like a million warships out there. They've, they've got the ports completely sealed off. They, they, everyone, You can hear the radio reports. This is a lie. Cameron, you, you lying sack. Anyway, so forget right, this. Enough, no, of that. Yeah, enough of that. Forget that. But who else speaks at this conference, John? Who else speaks? Hillary. Besides Hillary. You, you, you see, you tuned out after Hillary. This is where you missed it. Oh, Hillary was at the end. The foreign minister of Qatar. Yes. In fact, I want to mention the fact that... Wait, wait a minute. Is, they don't have a government. They've got a royal family. Exactly. The this prime is, minister. The, so the prime minister of Qatar shows up. I, so when you're done with this little whatever, wherever you're headed with this, I've got another direction to take it. Okay. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I have discovered. Qatar. So what happens is Qatar all of a sudden gets the rights to sell the Libyan oil that the rebels all of a sudden seem to know how to hand off. It's like this ragtag bunch of guys with nothing but AKs. Hey, let me just make sure we keep the oil shipping out. And they send it to Qatar. Qatar is going to be able to sell this. Uh, the Libyan rebels have started a central bank. 
oh my god how is it possible they're so incredibly smart because the central bank is not like like some guy sitting on a crate with with a stack of gold no it's like it's a highly computerized system that ties in with all other central banks and so i start looking into qatar oh let's see al jazeera comes from qatar um, they recently were awarded the 2022 World Cup. Qatar has been in on this from the get-go. Of this course, is- but the Qatar is, a, if you think of where Al Jazeera really comes from, you have to, and the fact that there's only one guy in England, you have to make the assumption that Qatar is an aspect of MI6. Duh! But the fact that they got rewarded with the World Cup is obvious. Hey, you know what? You know, you guys, you do everything we say. Send one. Uh, they had to send one plane over to like fly around. So there's yeah, a guy. No, the, actually, the the, <laughs> the international FIA, the, the, the international soccer fans, football, mm-hmm. ha, are uh, up in arms about the Qatar thing. Nobody wants to go there to watch the damn World Cup. It's, <laughs> it's a miserable place. I tell you, no, you'll be safe. You're completely protected now. So they had you to. We'll be safe. They had to send one plane. So that just like. F-16s and a guy in a biplane. Oh, there's Qatar. Qatar has joined us. Oh, well, we should give them the oil and let them uh, help with the central bank. And we'll give them the World Cup. Oh, lovely. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Uh, and just to finalize my rant, uh, here is uh, Secretary Gates when posed the question, because, of course, and then I'll shut up about the Constitution, because everyone else seems to not care, especially all the Obama bots who were yelling and screaming about, jo- you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, John. I can't wait. This is, uh, I don't think you've heard this one yet. This is a campaign video from 2002. This is uh, 2002, mind you, 2002. This is Senator, to be Senator Barack Obama, campaigning, a campaign video from him. I don't oppose war in all circumstances. And when I look out over this crowd today, I know there is no shortage of patriots or patriotism. What I do oppose is a dumb war. A rash war. A war based not on reason, but on passion. Not on principle, but on politics. Now let me be clear. I suffer no illusions about Saddam Hussein. He is a brutal man. A ruthless man. A man who butchers his own people to secure his own power. But I also know that Saddam poses no imminent or direct threat to the United States. So this goes on for uh, two minutes. It's all these testimonials of the Obama bots saying exactly what they're not saying right now. Stand up and don't be ashamed to say, hey, I made a mistake. I, and by the way, we all voted the guy in. Whether you voted against him or not, we all accept it. You have to stand up and say, this is a mistake. This is George W. Obama. I apologize. We've got to get this guy out, and I want my representatives to take care of it. Because he's... he's denouncing the Constitution of the United States, Article 1, Section 8, which means unless we're under some imminent threat, imminent threat, he has no right to go to war without the support of Congress. Secretary Gates, was there an imminent threat? Do you think Libya posed an actual or imminent threat to the United States? No. I mean, he doesn't even think for a second. No. No? No. No, it was not. No. It was not a vital no. uh, national no. interest for the United States, no. but it was an interest. No. <laughs> and it was an interest for all of the reasons. It's so. an interest. It's an interest. It's just a little bit of interest. We're interested. Interested in what's going on. Secretary Clinton talked about yeah. uh, the engagement of the Arabs. The, enga- yeah, the Arabs are interested. We're interested. Shut up. Okay, I think you made your point.
John? Imagine all the people. Okay. I think I have made my point, and I'm just disgusted, and I think I might have to leave the republic. I well, certainly... I cer- well, you'll be doing a disservice to our listeners. I certainly denounce uh, everybody. Just everybody. Just I denounce all of you. <laughs> well, while we're in the... Instead of denouncing, let's thank some of our producers for today's show before I go into my couple of rants. Hell yeah. Um, oh, I'm just... I, I, I wish I had a better slogan than George W. Bush, but I think it's the best one. <sighs> Anger. Okay, I'm better now. We did have people. I mean, are we sucking with the show, or are people digging it, or what's going on? Uh, it's you know we're doing as well as can be expected with the with the fact that the, we're in a, we're in a depression. We're in a depression, and, and some people just don't have the. Uh, I got a lot of um, emails about people saying, you know, I, I'm saving uh, as soon as my uh, my check co- like yeah, like you're going to get a refund check. So we have. Uh, one, two, three, four executive, or actually three executive producers and one, two, three uh, associates. Okay. And including somebody who mailed in a, uh, a donation, which I better find on here on my list. Of course, those things are always. All right, good job. Well prepared. He, he calls no, for I the am segment. Well the problem is, I'm taking notes while you're playing all those clips and then it buries something else I need to have. Anyway. The only note you need to take is Adam pissed off. Hmm. So let's go with. Starting with Gary Later, who is in Richmond, Virginia, uh, $366.66. Nice. Which includes $300 for the 300 Club, and the remaining $66.66, which is 33, 33 times 2, is for a request for two huge doses of karma. One for his daughter, uh, Madison's JMU, James Madison University. That's interesting. Her daughter's name is Madison. He's going, she's going to James Madison. That's very funny. Well, well, wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're worse than these douchebags in government. For the crew team who has the crew team who has their first not so spring regatta this weekend. What we're, we're giving you karma for regattas now? Come on, let's hand out the karma for the regatta, everybody. Hey. You've got karma, and for his uh, his daughter. Hell yeah, she needs it more than yeah, that. Karma of course, the regatta. What is it like Facebook? Social and network. to my other city of Richmond and the VCU Rams, who hopefully have get uh, more than two more wins in them, uh, which seems like a lot of requests. I started at face at a Facebook account for my company, Matt Depot. This is our Matt Depot guy who makes these great looking. No oh my mats. goodness, they're awesome! Do you know that my garage has flooded uh, four times this year, and of course the, the the landlady is like, she comes two days later. I don't see no water. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, and the mat is in the garage. It's you know into the door into the house, and it's still per- it's not like molded nothing. It's like made of titanium. It's beautiful. It's a nice mat. Yeah. Uh, but now we only have twenty nine likes, and it's frankly embarrassing. He needs more likes on Facebook, I guess. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not promoting. Facebook. I don't know what he's talking about. Like what? I don't, I don't get it. What's like, that? Huh? Huh? If you guys give me a plug at mattdepot.com, oh, of course, M A T Depot. Um, I'll donate 33 cents for every new follower reaccrued through April 19th. Also, no sales to report in the No Agenda floor mat except for the two I bought myself. <laughs> to send to you guys. That's well, this terrible. is sad. The No yeah, Agenda floor mat is car- awesome. It's the gift that keeps on giving. It's beautiful. It's a, it's a, Really, it's a nice floor mat, and it's high quality. Matt yeah, and it's, it's perfect for uh, right in front of the sink in your kitchen because it's a it's one of these waterproof with a rubber back. Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's, it's indestructible. 
Chuck Martin Ridge, New York, 33333. First-time donor. I've been uh, following John since he wrote his first newsletter for the TRS Color Computer, which of course I did. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, I know. It's funny because I never did a newsletter what? for the TRS. You, you're not doing the voice right. I'm Chuck, first-time donor. <laughs> I've been following John. I had you know, when I was a kid, we didn't have newsletters. <laughs> we had the color computer with chiclet keyboard, and we liked it. Keep up the excellent reports on the show. Makes uh, my time in the gym fly. We didn't have no floppies. We had cassette tapes. I was actually in the era of the cassette tape. Yeah, Mediasplash.net, me Arlington, Texas. Please read the email I'm sending, uh, which I have to look, we'll look up and, and oh, read geez. the halfway show. Oh, Please look it up. James Sutton, Arlington, Massachusetts, $300. Uh, and oh, this is a good one. It's Matiush Mati Mati Berezeki in Menlo Park. $200. John and Adam promised Adam to donate but didn't make it on time on Sunday. Show my L.A. trip. Mateus, how hard can that be? But That's what I said. <laughs> yeah, okay. You want to read these names? No. My L.A. trip gives me hangovers. I don't know why. I have been listening to No Agenda for years now but couldn't afford donating in Poland. I have wait. <laughs> okay. I have moved to the U.S. to get a job here, get out of my debt, and now I'm uh, donating to support you guys. Keep up with the good job. Uh, please deduce her. Yeah. Him. <laughs> yes, here deduce we go. Him. You've been deduced. He's a shout-out to his girlfriend, Kristen, and my best friend from Finland who introduced me to your show. A Finn and a Polish guy? Wait a minute. Walking to a bar. It sounds like uh, the Yo Agenda show to me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. He bought the challenge coins, but uh, has still yet to donate. P.S. Uh, and then he pronounced his name is two hundred dollars. And finally, a check came in the mail, and I recommend people uh, use the mail uh, for uh, donating if they want to bypass PayPal. The information is at dvorak dot org slash na. It's on the uh, donation page. The address: Kevin McNulty in Delaware, Ohio. Uh, $200 from him, too. So those are our producers for today's show, so we thank you very much. Yeah, we highly appreciate it. You can, we've been putting in the work, that's for sure, but if you really want to help this show and uh, raise your own karma levels, there's only one thing to remember. Dvorak.org slash N-A So a uh, couple of PR mentions, John. Uh, we have some uh, some pretty good uh, domain names that are now forwarding to noagendashow.com. And, of course, uh, all of the credits for this are in the show notes, noagendashow.com. Crackpotcommandcenter.com, now forwarding to the show's website, which I like. Ooh, Get, that's a good one. That's yeah, a very good one. Gitmoradio.com, which I think is another great find. Um, we are now also uh, living large in Argentina with noagenda.com.ar. Uh, another fantastic uh, initiative, you will obey dot us. Hey, hey, a good one. Ooh, that's a good one. It's very, very good. DetectiveDookie.com. <laughs> now, this one, and now pe- there's two left, and people that's really, be- really, really been holding on to some good ones. And I'm, you know, you know how like people will register like 10 years ago, and like, I'm going to hold on to this yeah, one. Yeah, and you uh, sit on them. Yeah, you, you sit on it, right. You're hoping somebody comes along and says, yeah, I gave you $300,000 yeah. for that site. So it turns out it's better just to donate it to us. And for, Well, you, you, you don't actually, these people still own the domain name. So, you know. Yeah, they're just could, forwarding. Yeah, just forwarding. We're, they're, we're, letting, we're borrowing the domain. Yes. CarbonCreditSwap.com. 
Ooh. Yeah, exactly. Hello. And this one, this one is so good, I'm actually going to mention Jason Butler. He says, I've been sitting on the domain of that little punk for years. It'll do more good pointing to you guys. The URL, John? SeanHannity.com. <laughs> Try it. Try it. It actually works. So if anyone says, what is this thing you talk about? Just go to SeanHannity.com. Don't worry. It's all cool. <laughs> Yeah, we'll be getting a season to this letter eventually. <laughs> so, but until then, yeah, we'll we'll continue using it. We love it. Thank you so much, Jason. That's uh, fantastic. Also, thanks to our executive producers and uh, some of the three hundred club members: Gary Later, Chuck Martin, MediaSplash.net, James Sutton, Mateos Berezeski, and Kevin McNulty. We really appreciate your giving levels. You are uh, doing it for the show. We're doing it for some karma and everyone else out there. You should be doing this. Propagate the formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Everybody say it loud, proud, I like you mean it. Shut up, slave! Just shut up. All right, back to work. (laughs) All right, enough fun for the moment, for the time being. Uh, <laughs> go to Sean Hannity. <laughs> it's amazing. I just love How it. How does that happen? I don't so, know. Because he has Hannity.com. I'm sure he tried to get Sean Hannity.com. And he was just too cheap to call the guy up and say, hey, I want this? I guess. The guy's making millions and millions of dollars a year. He can afford to yeah. throw some money at the guy, yeah, I, at our man. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know what was really disturbing? So I watched uh, Rand Paul. I watched. I, I watched so much C-SPAN. It was. I, I mean, I'm, I'm like I am C-SPAN drone now. Uh, so Rand Paul gets on the floor, and he goes. He's you know he's basically saying you know war without Congress. Uh, you know this. Uh, he says you know despicable. You know he he does what what Ron Paul would do essentially, but then Dick Durbin gets on, and uh, they cut him off. C-SPAN cut him off. It was it was like the weirdest thing, John. So he he starts apologizing. Dick Durbin, of course, a Democrat. He starts apologizing, and then C-SPAN like just cuts in and, and says, uh, "We're going to something else." And I didn't understand. I couldn't figure it out. They cut. It was live broadcast. The only time they do that is when they're. The only time they do that is when it's a secondary feed, and they're at, they're actually in Congress, and somebody's taking a vote, and then they do when they have that moment where they say, "We got ten minutes to take the vote," and then they go they go no, dead. No, it was something. Some music. No, it was something about the housing financial whatever. It was really? t- yeah. Listen I, to this. I may regret some of his characterizations of our president, but I won't go into that at this moment. So he's responding to uh, to Rand Paul. I will say the following. Let's make the record clear about how we got into this situation and why we got into this situation, which the president said the other night. This wasn't a matter of waiting until Congress came back from its vacation. It was a matter of innocent people being killed in Libya. Slaughtered! It was no mistake what Gaddafi was going to do. He said, point blank, I'm going to Benghazi. I'm going house to house and room to room and kill people. Did he say that? Did you ever hear? Was there any? I googled this. Did did Gaddafi ever say I'm going to Benghazi house to house to kill people? Did he say that? Did he I never actually, heard it. No, of course not. Dick Durbin, you liar. My own people. And he, and he added, "My own people. I'm going to kill my own people. You watch." 
I'm crazy Gaddafi. He said that too. I'm crazy own, Gaddafi. I'm and if they're crazy. my own people, I'm killing them. I'm kidding. Hey, are you my own? Ah, you're dead. It shouldn't come as any surprise because he has a history of that. Yeah. Not only killing his own people, but killing those innocent passengers on Pan Am 103. No, I, I got to mark that. I have to say something about that. He is a ruthless, bloody dictator. So much so that the Arab League of Nations broke precedent Woo! and called for Libya to be expelled as long as Gaddafi was in charge. Woo! His own Arab League of Nations oh, expelled no. him. Oh, no. His been, own, he his owns own, it. He owns it. He's, he, he's, it they be his bitch. And that his bitch turned on him. Turned to the United Nations and said, please, stop him from killing his own people. Will the senator that, yield for a question? When I finish my statement, shut I will. Up, shut up, slave. I'd be happy to yield. They then said, I'd be happy to yield. They then said, they're Go to the United Nations and create the authority. Now, I'm sorry. And that's where they cut it off, literally. And then they went into... Well, it was just a rant. Yeah, but still... What, an, what an a-hole that guy is. <sighs> so, about this, uh, let's just talk about uh, Pan Am Flight uh, uh, 103 for a second. You mean the one that was carrying... Uh, cocaine and... Cocaine uh, and, and, the, and also there's something to do with Syria had something to do with yeah. it, too. Right, so uh, there's never been... Pr- now, John, we've been tracking this uh, Megrahi. Uh, this goes back several... This was, all, this was all coming. This was all happening. And I think that a couple of things were going on in the background. First of all, they let this Megrahi guy go because his family, very rich family, was suing uh, the British government about his false imprisonment. And no one wants the truth to come above ground about this whole thing because it was about the CIA smuggling heroin and and or cocaine on Pan Am flights. They found suitcases full of this stuff. The whole thing was a huge cover-up. Gaddafi uh, gets the blame. He may have been involved. It was a scheme gone bad. Gaddafi was in the the crosshairs. They blamed him. I mean, this has been... This whole episode, if anybody remembers the period, it was in the 19th. Go back to the British newspapers in 1988. I have it linked in the show notes. You can reread it. Every paper had deep, deep research on this. Most of the stuff was thrown out in court. They had it was a kangaroo court. They they and then of course and now of course it's become public, you know, kind of in the public consciousness that Gaddafi and Libya had something to do with it. But but at the time there was zero evidence of this. It was all linked to the this shady some shady scheme that was going on and Syria. Exactly. Now let me give you the fractal. Here's the fractal that will freak you out. You're a fractal guy. So, um, Libya's foreign minister, Musa Kusa, which, which sounds kind of like a hip hopper, I think. I'm Musa Kusa, here to say yo. Musa Kusa uh, flew into uh, the UK, and uh, immediately uh, everyone's like, oh, he's defected! <laughs> They're running away, the rats are leaving the ship! No, 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 no. Nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, uh, Member of Parliament Robert Halfen in the United States of Gitmo Nation compared Kusa's arrival to that of Hitler's Lieutenant Rudolf Hess in the Second World War. John, would you please take us back in time and explain <laughs> Rudolf Hess? Well, I, I don't have too many details because I wasn't there, but uh, Rudolf Hess supposedly was coming in to broker a deal. Right. Or at least is what was, what was perceived. And what happened to saying. Rudolf Hess? I don't know what happened to you. I can't remember. He wrote. He, 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 I think he was imprisoned. 
No, 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 no. He died on an unfortunate airplane crash. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So, gets me off guard with historical references in the 40s. Come on. Yeah. So, of course, what was happening. Yeah, right. He got killed. Right. Uh, and it was. Um, Oh, I forget the guy's name now. Uh, who it was the the British uh, elitist who went to go meet the guy and uh, and pick him up, uh, and the, and he came to negotiate a deal, which I believe is what uh, Musa Kusa is coming to do. He's coming over here, and he, he lands at Farnborough. Okay, I know Farnborough Airport. You know that's like it's it's the only one you can land without a flight flight plan with an international flight. It's no big deal. Not like he went to Heathrow. He went to Farnborough with his biplane. Hey, I'm here to strike a deal. So we won't tell you guys about it. We won't, we won't blow the lid on the Pan Am thing if you guys stop this crap. Ah. That's what it's about. This what that's what a lot of this is about. Okay, Rudolph Hess, you got this wrong. Let's just start, stop before you, you go mean, on got, too far. I, got it I was wrong? right. He was arrested and held in captivity for the rest of the war and then died in 1987. Who died? So the, guy, the guy who Rudolph went to. Hess. No, I'm sorry. You're right. I'm incorrect. You're thinking of somebody else. No, no. I'm thinking about the guy who went to do the... Neg- he was exiled to wherever. Where was he held captive? Hess was, was held life in prison at Spandau in Berlin. No, no. Before that, he came over. He was tried in Nuremberg. He came over. He flew to Scotland in an attempt to negotiate peace with the United Kingdom. Instead, was arrested and held in captivity for the rest of the war. Was never, no one ever got to talk to him. He never did a book or anything. So there was something screwy going on. But he wasn't killed. He was just put in a jail. No, and the, left the, the left guy. The, you're right. The guy who was killed. Hold on a second. I'll tell you who it was. Was um, I'm so, oh here um. Oh. He was supposed to. It was a British royal. See, Churchill. Churchill wanted to go to war, and uh, King George the Sixth said to Hess, "Okay, uh, I'll let you in, and you can come and negotiate." It was the Duke of Kent. That's right. The Duke of Kent wanted to fly to Sweden uh, to continue the secret peace negotiations, but the Duke's plane crashed two miles from where Hess was kept on the shores of Loch Moor. That's where he was. So he was arrested, thrown into Loch Moor first. And the Duke went over to go and pop him out or make the deal. And then the Duke's plane crashed. And then Churchill, you know, essentially entered full out uh, assault with the uh, Allies. Well, there is some sort of a, you know, there was some screwy dealings between the Great Britain and, and Germany before the war, obviously, because of the, I forgot who it was that went over there. And then, obviously, and then there, you had the Chamberlain incident. And so there was probably some some information that was that was I mean the fact that they locked him up and threw away the key and wouldn't let anybody like yeah you know Shh, be quiet don't say anything Ixnay, I suspect Ixnay I suspect on the on the, the on the on the say that the guy from Libya is coming over with the documentation about what really happened with the Pan Am flight which yes. I'm sure, saying hey we're gonna blow the lid off this thing and that Sarkozy jerk off who we got in office we're gonna talk about that too. So something bad's going to happen to this character because he but, thinks he can get away with this. Yeah, no, that something bad's going to happen to him. But I also I don't think it matters anymore because our media is so completely brainwashed. And now we'll take us on a different path, my friend. Uh, we have had yet another uh, case of uh, the mysterious, crazy talking stuff from uh, our television uh, hosts, and I believe that this is part of uh, an MK Ultra program. And uh, this has now happened to yet a new person 
what I would like to uh, remind us first of is uh, what has been happening. Three reporters in a row on air all of a sudden uh, start speaking like idiots. Let us recap. Uh, the first one. General J.B. Van Hollen says Wisconsin is the latest state, including Iowa, Kansas, Maine, Ohio, and Wyoming, to join Florida's suit. The states claiming the exorcist saw Unchisracho and Palais Bringritz by health urgent. For the okay, right. That was the, remember that woman? That was the first one. She just goes nuts. Not, don't try to de- deconstruct what she says. She just goes. I gotta get that South Carolina clip. I think Go that's. On. I think that's the one. That's the one. No, no, the South Carolina, the the, the girl who won Miss South Carolina. Oh, company, okay. The well, beauty queen. So this was the first reporter. Now we have the second reporter at the uh, at the award show. Very first time, Sarit. Well, a very, very heavy, uh, heavy <laughs> divertation tonight. We had a very Darrison. But let's go ahead, Terrace Terry's English for the bit. They had the pet. Right. So that was awesome. What? Yeah. Remember what? her? That was Serena. Some of these people just talking double talk. It sounds like something from a comedy act. So, so from her, they say, "Oh no, this was a medical incident." And of course, she 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 went to the emergency room. Came out an hour later. And, you know, so inconclusive. What, but she had a stroke on the air. That's twenty-five well, year old. You're not allowed to make fun of this, by the way, because oh, there was a medical condition, man. No, no, no. It's not. And I can. And I think I have. Proof. And then, of course, we have our uh, guy from Toronto. Now, Defense Minister McCain McLeod did confirm today (laughs) that more than 54 18 fighter jets are spending about as much as 20 and ready to. By the way, most Canadians kind of talk like this anyway. Assist the 600. a hundred deployed over the <laughs> amount needed. Now, it did depend that how the NOLAN emerges RN while the university or the UN mission has whole received support right. from all patteries in the hues of yeah. the, the garbage uh, uh, of today. Excuse me. Right. Uh, I'll hand it back to right. you. You better hand it back. Okay. So and I and we laugh about this on the last show. Immediately, people are like you didn't uh, sit there and edit this to make the guy no, sound like an idiot. No, immediately that's the like, way it actually came over the air. No, so where uh, do you get these clips from the interwebs? This is the beauty of it. So um, no, but it's video. It's not audio. It's video. You can see it. It's unedited. Now immediately, I get uh, some of our uh, our good people from up north. I was just kidding about uh, Canadians. By the way, I love you guys. You got a, a much better gig going than we do. Uh, I'm jealous. I'm just jealous. Okay? I'm jealous. Um, immediately I get, that's not funny, man. I can't believe it's a new low point. New low. Low. You're so low. Making fun of a medical condition. Well, first of all, uh, nowhere has there been any official release saying this was a medical issue the guy had. It's just people have been, you know, they came up with this new phrase like... Uh, point yeah like a, a new how can you how can you identify a new low point on this show yeah th- thank you it's not possible but now now just in john an incoherent judge judy told shocked audience members she needed to stop one of her made for tv cases before uh because she was not feeling well judge shindlin that's judge judy's real name was rushed to a Los Angeles hospital Wednesday morning after she suddenly started saying things that didn't make sense, a studio insider revealed. She was just sitting on the stand during her show taping, and she started saying things that didn't make sense, a source close to the situation said. So we don't have the, uh, the audio, unfortunately, but she probably was doing the same thing. 
So I'm doing some research. Where is this coming from? I, I'm already thinking to myself, shouldn't this be in the second half of the show? <laughs> no, I can't. No, because we have to explain why none of the information is going to make it into the media because everyone is mind controlled. This actually, this phenomenon occurs, government papers I'm reading from right here, linked in the show notes, noagendashow.com or seanhannity.com. The phenomena occurs, <laughs> here it is. Uh, when people are illuminated with properly modulated low-power microwaves, the sensation is reporting as reported as a buzzing, clicking, or hissing, which seems to originate within or just behind the head. The phenomenon occurs at an average power density as low as microwatts per square centimeter with carrier frequencies from 0.4 to 3.0 gigahertz. By proper choice of pulse characteristics, intelligible speech may be created. Before this technique may be extended and used for military applications, an understanding of the basic principles must be developed. This is an old paper, of course. So it's one of two things. Either these uh, reporters are uh, in somehow the, the microwave that is shooting up the signal to the satellite back to the studio is beaming into their brain, which I think is possible. It's very possible. Or they're just all MK Ultra controlled, which is the one I prefer. Well, let's take a look at a couple of things here, especially considering the fact that you've been criticized for bringing up that other wo- woman last last show, which is uh, guy, this is, an, the guy, this not is the not woman, a phenomenon guy. that has been reported over time a lot. No, no. So it's, we have it's, a bunch, ha- of, bunch of incidents all at once. Now, that, of course, also is a reflection of the random number theory, which means that if something's going to happen, it's going to happen a lot and it's never going to happen. I do good in the do that in the need now, I can imagine you could have a, uh, you know, Wi-Fi might be able to cause this problem. Could, could be. Wi-Fi could be. Uh, and, you know, and with some of these uh, uh, cantennas, the, 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 the Wi-Fi that is actually targeted could could be targeted at somebody. Somebody bump one of these antennas and it goes right in the back of somebody's head. And next thing you know, they're babbling. <laughs> uh, it's a possibility. Yeah. And I, until I see it happen with uh, Bob Gregory or one of these guys on... <laughs> Bob. On a real show. <laughs> Why does it happen to Obama while he's on the, while he's reading the teleprompter? <laughs> oh, that would be the end. That would be That'd so be awesome. That would be so fantastic. So, but again, yeah. it could be some experiment going on with lower-level people. And then, you know, they, I mean, it might be just something with a bunch of guys in the back just laughing it up because they know <laughs> they can do this. I mean, who knows? I think we need to experiment with this regardless. So, I'm this, I just kind of, this only came in this morning, so I haven't had time to do all the research. And this is just... Uh, from a freedom of information request from uh, NASA, uh, uh, the Brooks what, Air Force from Base. NASA? Yes, no, not no, it was requested from oh, NASA. So NASA yeah. had the data. Yeah, Brooks Air Force Base. This is from January twenty fifth, two thousand. How would anybody know to ask for this? I have my people. No, I mean you. Well, you didn't do the Freedom of Information Act. No, no, of course what not. What I'm saying is, how did the, why was the Freedom of Information Act filed? In the first place, because unless you knew something, because uh, people outside of the mainstream actually care about what's going on. This is uh, requested by C. Margot Cherney, who is uh, yeah, uh, yep, that's one of those people, one of my people. Uh, C. Margot Cherney uh, from educate-yourself.org. Need I say more? EducateYourself.org uh, is actually, I kind of, it's a good site. They have a lot of, uh, 
uh, a, a lot of uh, nutball well, stuff. No, it's well researched. They got papers. Well, if you got papers, you get. So reported symptoms, uh, microwave hearing, transmission of specific commands into the subconscious, visual, visual disturbances, visual hallucinations, inject words, numbers into brain via electromagnetic radiation waves, control of sleep patterns, seeing through, as in seeing through your eyes. Wow. Okay, that's out there. Uh, and then this, this, it's tons of, uh, of published documents from the okay. NASA Air Force. People. Microwaves, a weapon study. Huh? I'm just saying. Well, so, so that you definitely you found the clips and you got some back, background on it. It's very unusual. Uh, I'll give you that 10 points for uh, coming well, up with you. something off the wall. Totally weird. We don't have any. We don't know why. No, keep, uh, yeah, to what? I mean, to, I mean, if you want to go with your MK Ultra thing, which I'm not going to buy into, because I mean, why are you doing it with these low-level people? I think that there's something, there's some experimentation going on with right. this, possibly well, with this technique. Well, okay, so there's two reasons for doing it with these low-level people. One, to see if it works while someone is on the air uh, at a public, you know, uh, it, this is it would be perfect to use this. Uh, to embarrass someone publicly for once and for all, right? Oh, yeah. No, if you get a, a president, okay, maybe this is a lead into the presidential debates for 2012. Oh, wow. That would be great. And, Wouldn't of course, it? yeah, of course. And there's a secondary reason. It's funny. Come funny. on, man. No, it's funny. Those You're guys right. just go like, watch this, watch this, watch this. Yeah, there would be a tendency to abuse it, so we will see more of this. So we, I think so we you're going to track this in the weeks ahead. Yeah, I think we will see more of this worldwide, uh, and uh, this is low-level people now. Um, but who knows? Who knows? And but you know, m- maybe it's being used all the time on Wolf Blitzer. <laughs> I mean, come on, Anderson Cooper. It's possible. So let me go into a couple of things that I ran into, and this relates back to both Al Jazeera and Cutter. And a clip that I'm still fascinated with, which I'm going to ask you to play again. I sent you a note about it. Yeah, because I, I think we need to re- revisit this clip, which was the Wesley Clark clip. Mm-hmm. You want me to play uh, it now? Yeah, just play it and do the setup again, because this was the this was what 2004. When was this? Uh, 2007, uh, before okay. we were doing the show at a Democracy Now conference. There's actually a, a second clip that goes along with that. Um, where he talks about uh, a total t- takeover by PNAC, the project for a new American century, and yeah, what they're well, actually... We, we don't need that. We don't no, need to have need this, No, no. This. But, okay. And then he goes in and he says, this is what happened on September 20th while he was in the Pentagon, um, not even three weeks after the... Uh, not two weeks after the attack uh, on uh, New York uh, on 9-11. About 10 days after 9-11, I went through the Pentagon and I saw Secretary Rumsfeld and and Deputy Secretary Wolfowitz. I went downstairs just to say hello to some of the people on the joint staff who had used, used to work for me. And one of the generals called me and he said, Sir, you got to come in. You got to come in and talk to me a second. I said, Well, you're too busy. He said, No, no. He says, We've made the decision we're going to war with Iraq. This was on or about the 20th of September. I said, We're going to war with Iraq. Why? He said, I don't know. <laughs> He said, I guess they don't know what else to do. So uh, I said, well, did they find some information collect- connecting Saddam to al-Qaeda? He said, no, no. He says, there's nothing new that way. They've just made the decision to go to war with Iraq. He said, I guess it's like we don't know what to do about terrorists, but 
we've got a good military and we can take down governments. And um, he said, I guess if, if the only tool you have is a hammer, every problem has to look like a nail. So I came back to see him a few weeks later, and by that time we were bombing in Afghanistan. I said, are we still going to war with Iraq? And he said, oh, it's worse than that. He said, he reached over on his desk, he picked up a piece of paper, and he said, I just... He said, I just got this down from upstairs, meaning the Secretary of Defense's office today, and he said, this is a memo that describes how we're going to take out seven countries in five years, starting with Iraq and then Syria, Lebanon, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and finishing off Iran. Had there been no oil there, it would be like Africa. Nobody is threatening to intervene in Africa. The problem is the opposite. We keep asking for people to intervene and stop it. And there's, uh, there's no question that the presence of petroleum throughout the region has sparked great power involvement. Whether that was the specific motivation for the coup or not, I can't tell you. But, but there was definitely, there's always been this attitude that somehow we could intervene and use force in the region. There you go. I set it up for you, and the chat room was like, they're running out of content. They're playing clips from the last show. They got Eric nothing. Eric just sent me a note. I just said that we played this no, in the people, last show. Uh, these, is anyone even listening to the show? It's Co-Intel Pro in the chat room, John. That's what it uh, is. Anyway, the reason I wanted that replayed so it could bring into the, the clips I want to play, which relate in an odd way to this. We already talked about Qatar. We already talked about MI6, and we talked about Al Jazeera. So one of the top reporters from Al Jazeera, whose name is is unpronounceable, was uh, talking to the Council on Foreign Relations. Okay. And he is uh, – and I got three clips from this guy, and this first clip triggered this whole thought, and the reason I wanted to replay the other clip so it could remind people. But play the Egypt is next clip, for starters. And this is, a, again, in front of the Council of Foreign Relations. This guy's a reporter discussing what, what's all going on and what, his take on some of it. Well, when I was standing in the village of Sidi Bouzid, where this man had set himself on fire, uh, every single person I spoke to said Tunis was just the beginning. Uh, and, you know, I, I was very, at the time, very surprised that they were saying this because they had a great sense of pride in that they had begun this revolution in Tunisia. But everyone that I was speaking to was saying, when they, find out, when they found out that I was based in Egypt, would say to me, Egypt is next, Egypt <laughs> is next. And yeah. I would kind of be somewhat, you know, <laughs> suspicious of it. And in fact... Uh, Squirrel! <laughs> okay. Okay, now, now, okay, so that was weird. Yeah, he thought it. And he thought it was weird. This is a this is an Egyptian, and he thought it was weird. Mm -hmm. So so play the clip, part two of this clip, and then, and then I can I'm going to break it down a little bit into what what's what's interesting to me about it. The calls for the protest to happen on January 25th had already begun uh, shortly after I had arrived in uh, Egypt, and I'm going to you know make a confession here, which is that. Uh, one of my friends at Al Jazeera messaged me saying, you know, are you going to go back for the protests on January 25th? Uh, and I dismissed them saying, like, oh, don't worry, they're not going to be anything big. I can promise you that. You know, it's just... <laughs> so you're not a soothsayer. No, no, definitely not. So, but I will admit this, that as soon as January the 25th happened, I was on the first flight out to, from Tunis on the 26th in the morning. I hopped on a flight straight from, uh, from Tunisia to Turkey into Cairo because I knew that the 25th had changed the rules of the game. Hmm. Okay, now here's what here's what my thinking is because I heard this the first time. I said this is kind of interesting. This Egypt is next thing, which falls into line with what was uh, what Wesley Clark had 
uncovered. And and here's here's what what I'm thinking here. Here's a guy who's an Egyptian, works it for Al Jazeera. He's totally plugged in. He thinks when he gets texted, you're going to come to the you know their little demonstration. He, as an Egyptian on the street who happens to be floating around all of the Middle East, says. This nothing's going to happen here. This is bogus. There's no reason for this to be anything. <laughs> Nothing to see here. So he obviously had the, he had a sense of the reality, which was there was nothing going on, and there wouldn't be anything going on. So he just passed it off. And then when all of a sudden all hell breaks loose, he's on top of it at that point. But what it's now it seems like the whole thing was rigged i mean he never brings that up but just by his own reaction to what people were asking him or telling him he, he just thought the thing was kind of fishy and i think that this relates to that wesley clark thing so this is underway this entire strategy and of course al jazeera is part of it even though he doesn't even know that but it's part of qatar i mean that's where the where the operation is based and this is just continuing there's a part three of this that you can play and it get it just brings up a few more details uh and they had already begun calling for that friday the 28th being the day of anger or day of rage uh, and so we knew that that was going to be a monumental showdown. Your editors don't have some email that says, ah, the 25th, it's not going to be anything significant. <laughs> no, we actually, I mean, to their credit, we, we did have people on the ground. It's just that when my friends were messaging me saying, you know, what do you think is going to happen on January the 25th? Shouldn't you be back in Egypt for it? I was very much like, no, Tunisia is still the big story. It's the revolution. We're still trying to cover this. Uh, and lo and behold, I, I was wrong. <laughs> okay, so now it's January 26th and you're in Egypt. Where did you go? No, you can what kill it there. There's, there's, it actually falls apart. You no, know, it, it was interesting. I was, um, another part of C-SPAN that I watched was the uh, Congressional uh, Television and Radio Correspondence Dinner. This is uh, and this is kind of a self congratulatory thing, and I, I thought I could pull some clips from it, but I, I couldn't really. I've never been able to get clips from those things. No, but the whole thing essentially is uh, them saying. These revolutions are because of Facebook, Twitter, and the media. And I'm like, yeah, you're not lying. But they actually believe that they are helping people start revolution. And yeah, but you're not helping the people start the revolution. You're helping your handlers who are almost invisible to you starting the revolution. But the thing that irked me is because you know, there's lots of people standing up and then they point out people. Every single time they even mention whether it's a, a reporter or even the word Al Jazeera, everyone goes, oh, yes, Al Jazeera! It's like, wow. It's like Al Jazeera is the pinnacle. If only we could all work at Al Jazeera. You know, Al Jazeera, when it began, was just seen as an anti-Israeli news organization that was busting, you know, the busting the U.S. chops in Iraq mainly and, and, and Afghanistan to a lesser extent with a lot of reporting, behind-the-scenes reporting that American news media couldn't get because they, most of them were white, and they, looked, they kind of stood out in a crowd, and they would get shot at. And Al Jazeera <laughs> was covering a lot of this stuff, and most of it kind of anti-American. It was I would call Al Jazeera, when it began, as an anti-American vehicle. And what happened to change that, and when it changed, I don't absolutely know, but it obviously changed. And now, the, how did, and, and it's like nobody's... Nobody's mentioning the, the the origins of this operation. No, no. But the whole the, the, what's the problem with the news? And you don't have to watch it anymore. By the way, you just don't. You don't have to watch it. They're all microwaved into submission. The problem with the news is they are so horny. They're so horny to be in a war situation reporting. You know, 
I, I, it, it's a dichotomy to me to see this uh, CNN senior correspondent, Nick, the British douchebag, who's always there in, uh, he's right near Tripoli. He's in Tripoli. You know, it's like for all these horrible things and this, and, and for um, uh, Gaddafi, who's slaughtering and murdering and has to meet Hitler and Stalin, you see, but he just lets the press sit there, you know, like, oh, you know, wait for the bus, boys, we'll tell you when you can come on out. It's like, it's bull crap. The whole thing, it's, it, wag the dog. Please watch Wag the Dog. You were just watching theater. Complete theater. Yeah, it's total theater. And, and I got a, some Hillary clips here, which kind of uh, please go, go please. along the... Please, I, my blood pressure isn't high enough. Yeah, so maybe I can see if you can pop a vein. I, I will. Which one? I'll be babbling in a minute. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, let's start with, for one thing, the uh, let's play Hillary one, uh, which is a Hillary did was at this London con- uh, council on uh, Libya. Yes, and, and she came out at the end and gave her oh, her, her, her question and answer session. She did well. She actually for, she started off with like a little speech. Yeah, and I, I have a, actually want to play something that's kind of funny. You can play it and stop it when you feel like it. Clip, skip Hillary one and go to the Hillary book report. She actually when she begins her speech, I swear to God, it sounds like a high school book report. <laughs> I've just that conclu- is so lame. It's like how does anybody? Wh- wh- whose idea is this to to give a little report on what you did today? <laughs> like uh, yeah, I know. It's like and um, and then I really like. What happened? And uh, well, here it comes. We did a very full day of business. I was really, really busy. First, I had my hair done, and then I got this really nice brooch. Did you see all the brooch? This New World Order all seeing eye brooch. Did you see that, John? The brooch she was wearing? Yeah, she had some weird brooch on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was to receive the microwave better. Covering an array of issues uh, with a broad uh, range of counterparts. I began the day with a meeting with Dr. Jibril. and uh, Dr. Jibril, who is, uh, of course, uh, studied in Philly. He's been in Philly. All right. Yeah. This is the leadership. Did you know that? Well, they also mentioned that they listen to this little group that they put together out of the blue, like the bankers. Well, before, before we go on, did you know that the other guy, uh, I just got to find his name real quick. Uh, the other guy who's part of the new, uh, what do they call it, the transitional government, whatever. Yeah, that's what she sees. She gives the name of this operation next. Yeah, the other guy was living in, in Virginia for 20 years. Oh, Virginia. <laughs> like, Spook Central. Really? <laughs> what was he doing? He had no job. He was just kind of living there and uh, living large. And two other representatives of the Libyan Transitional National Council. The Libyan Transitional National Council. If it has a really long name, it must be official. They have a website. Uh, To hear their perspective on the situation in Libya. We talked about our efforts to protect civilians and to meet humanitarian needs and about the ongoing coalition military action in support of Resolution 1973. We also discussed the need for a political solution and transition in Libya. And I reiterated the support of the United States on behalf of President Obama for the legitimate aspirations of the Libyan people and our commitment to helping them achieve those uh, aspirations. Wow. And then we went uh, out for dinner and we had Chinese food and it was yeah, really you good. You can stop it there. Yeah. You can stop it there. It is bull. Who cares? Yeah. No, but so she has, okay, she so has to justify to, her existence. She goes on the long. Yeah, exactly. She goes on a long book report. And, you know, it's, this is like working for the government where you have to fill out a log of what you did. <laughs> so she's got this With huge, your receipts. <laughs> report she's done it okay now she's now she has to take questions and answers 
So uh, we'll start with the first one, which is a softball. I think this is from a Reuters guy. Oh, yeah. This is Clip Hillary. Who she all mentions again by their first name. Oh, yeah. Of course. Well, yeah. yeah. yeah duh. Uh, Madam Secretary, um, in your meeting today with Dr. Jabril, I was wondering, were you able to make any concrete offers of assistance to them, either through turning over the $33 billion in Libyan funds that have been frozen in the United States or in discussing possible arms transfers? And Admiral hey, hey, Ixnay on the 33 Illion Bay. David has told the Senate today that intelligence shows flickers, he called, used the word flickers, of Al-Qaeda. Which, by the way, is very funny because in uh, Dutch and I think German, uh, flickers is gays. Just so you know. Flickers. Flickers. Hey, bunch of flickers over there. In the Libyan opposition. How great a concern is that? And is that part of the U.S. debate over any potential arms transfers to the Transitional Council? Well, Andy, first of all, we have not made any decision about uh, arming the rebels or uh, providing any arms transfers, uh, so there has not been any, um, any uh, need to discuss that at this point. We did discuss non-lethal assistance. We discussed ways of trying to uh, enable the uh, uh, Transition National Council to meet a lot of their uh, financial needs and how we could do that through the international community. With some of that 33 bill we got laying around. Yeah, she uh, goes on about that. So guys, let's skip to the next uh, clip, which is uh, Hillary too, because now we have a guy from the Daily Telegraph, which is a British paper, and he, instead of Madam Secretary, he just go. He doesn't give her any any respect and just goes on and asks a very interesting question, which she I was surprised she didn't. She actually answered because it's interesting because one day later, Obama gives a speech. And then one day later after that, they are going to arm Libya. Uh, Let me ask you a question, John. Uh, Have you seen any of this on uh, television in the United States here? No. Is that... I mean, did Anderson would, would Cooper. I to see it, this on television. Wait, wasn't Anderson Cooper keeping him honest and uh, showing this? Yeah, he's keeping him honest. He's making sure that the Kardashians, you know, they get their <laughs> butt sizes yeah. accurate. <laughs> hey, hey, don't touch Kim K's boot. Hey, um, two things. First of all, is it your understanding that? <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> that um, the UN resolution 1973 makes it illegal to um, supply arms. Uh, to the Libyan rebels. All right, let me answer that question. Uh, there's no mention of it whatsoever. It's not, it's not even in there at all. Or do you think that there could be some room for maneuver of that, should it, should it get to that? And secondly, um, it's quite striking when the rebels were um, talking earlier today, none of their names are public apart from three or four of the 30-odd of them. Um, and uh, they clearly have access, they have, they have quite a lot of power and access to a lot of funds through oil money. Do you think that they should be more transparent in terms of declaring who they are, where they're from, what kind of groupings they come from, and, uh, and how they're using the money? Well, as to the first question, it is our interpretation that uh, uh, 1973... Um, I love the use of our interpretation, right? Yeah. Our interpretation. Oh, yeah. What's you know. interesting is that she actually says that there is... A, that it, well, you hear it. It's, it's very unique, the way she handles this. Amended or uh, overrode the absolute prohibition... Uh, yeah, I, I, I love that. Amended or overrode, saved or created. ...of uh, arms uh, to yeah. anyone in Libya uh, so that there could be uh, legitimate transfer of arms if uh, a, a country were to choose to do that. Okay, now she's lying because 
uh, that is, I, there's explicit verbiage in both 1970 and 1973 that says no country, no country may transport arms uh, into Libya. No country. It's expressly in there. And I don't, the only thing is at the very end, as we discussed uh, on two, what, two weeks ago now, is that the terms of service may change at any time. That's the only, <laughs> yeah. that's the only thing that's different. A classic. Yes. Uh, as I said, we have not made that decision uh, at this time. Uh, secondly, I do think that greater transparency will, of course, be expected and will be delivered. Uh, but I, I think you have to put this into context. I mean, this is a, a very uh, fast, evolving, but by no means settled uh, uh, structure that they are trying to build. They also uh, claim to have a number of people who are uh, willing to work with them from central and uh, western Libya who, for security reasons, cannot yet be named. Uh, so I do think <laughs> that this is a. Security. What? Security reason. I can't they name don't know who they are. This whole thing is bullcrap. <laughs> Security. This, this, this war is just bogus. All right. I, I have to get off of this now because it, it's boring now. It's okay, boring. Well then you, before getting off, you do have to get the Arming the Rebels final clip, which has got nothing to do with Hillary, but this is the report that just came out yesterday. We're, we're going to arm them. Yes, but but we're going to arm them with, like, uh, billy clubs, right? Nothing. Uh, nothing. Uh, no, we're going to arm them. Duh. Hold on a second. I'm missing it there. Okay, here we go. So far, as reported by Reuters, is uh, that one of the uh, one of the options the president is considering is sending arms through the Saudis and the Gutteries. Uh, that seems like a somewhat circuitous way of accomplishing the same goal. Uh, but um, you know whether he goes forward with this without congressional approval, I think is going to be one of the biggest decisions of the Obama presidency. So to be clear, though, so that we understand. And as best as we can, based on what the reporting is right now. Because I'm, the microwave is in my head. What has just happened. Yeah. If he has issued a presidential finding, that is an authorization of covert... Act- oh, is this that, that, that cow? Is this R- Rachel? Action, as you describe it, something that's designed to influence... You warmongering bitch, you! ...influence action, not just get information. And it could also be a way that the president was trying to at least lay the groundwork for starting to provide arms to the rebels. But we don't know what the finding is, and so we don't know exactly what it is authorizing. We don't know precisely what it is. It's by its nature classified, so we won't see no. this for decades, if at all. <laughs> but If at all! Look... Publicly, I, t- I talked to White House officials tonight, and they say, look, this is something arming the, the, uh, the Libyan rebels the is something the president is certainly seriously considering. And what's more, he realizes, they realize, that they've got to make a decision on this soon, given soon. the events on the ground and how fast it's moving and the Massacre, setbacks slaughter. that the Libyan soon. rebels have faced People over the last die. couple of days. Uh, it, you know, it may be too late if those arms, uh, if this drags on for weeks or months. So... I think you know, we're, we're, we're approaching decision time, in it, and it's a pretty big decision. Let me emphasize that we uh, anticipate this transition to take place in a matter of days and not a matter of weeks. Just days. Just days, everybody. It's just days. Okay, John. Uh, they're going to arm the rebels. They're going to be next. next <sighs> you want to hear my scenario that before we finish is what I think, yeah. what my prediction is, what the fractal looks like and how it's going to work out. Yeah, go for it. Because of this, oh, we're not. We're going to. We're changing it to NATO, and we're not going to put. We're not going to put any boots on the ground except uh, in humanitarian reasons. Yeah, 
there is going to be some sort of a bogus red flag terrorist attack from Gaddafi. It's going to thus give us the absolute, you know, we, we've been attacked. Yeah, false flag, not red flag, false flag. I'm sorry, red flag, false red. flag. John. Hey, you know, <laughs> we do the show on the fly. It's a false flag. Some sort of an event will take place, which will be a direct attack, an assault on the USA, and thus we have to send troops. And this one ha- goes war number three. We're in it. Okay, and I will predict that this has to happen today or tomorrow, if only for the reason, because remember, I promised I'd stay on top of this, the Federal Reserve today is going to release the information about all the banks they secretly gave the money to. They're going to release the whole list. The Supreme Court ordered them to. This is the, the a reporter at Bloomberg died over this. The guy who really filed the first lawsuit. Remember, he died unfortunately at a very young age. Whoops! How'd that happen? I think it was a total two to the head instance for him. So today they have to announce that. I think that they'll come out with the news. They're going to, of course, it's going to be very, very quiet that they release this. But it is today. I think it was supposed to be Monday, but they somehow they delayed it to today. That has to be covered up. So they might as well get two birds with one stone. Huge false flag. It can be anything. Just be on the lookout for it. John, I totally agree. I totally agree that's how it's going to go. Yeah. It's, and it's and then, sad. Then we'll have boots on the ground. Boots on the ground. All these apologies. Well, we had right. to do it. Yeah. We're under attack. This is for the national yeah. security and the rest of it. Yeah, meanwhile, yeah. meanwhile it's and no... The Homeland Security hire more people. Oh, yeah. We'll and, be working for them eventually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who says I'm the not? The Homeland Security Show with John and Adam. Hey, everybody. Hey, Adam, I see you and I feel safe. Hi, John. I'm Adam. How are you feeling? Do you feel safe, John? I feel really safe. How are you feeling, Johnny boy? Let's hear from our director... Lucy Napolitano. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. Uh, I have something from our director, Lucy Napolitano, and... If you see something, say something. Hi, I'm Janet Napolitano, Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security. Hi, I'm Mark Emmert, President of the NCAA. Homeland Security is a team effort, and it starts with individuals and communities around our country. That's why the NCAA is partnering with DHS to help keep our communities safe. If you see something suspicious on your way into the arena or at the game, say something to local authorities to make it right. We all have a role to play. Report suspicious activity to local law enforcement. Thank you for doing your part to help keep our communities safe. And enjoy the game. That'll be our whole show. Yeah. (laughs) And we'll be making three (laughs) times as much money. Millions, I tell you. All right. Um... Now, I just want to remind everybody that uh, what John and I do for this show is essentially uh, it's it's what any journalist could do. Uh, and until the microwaves are directed at the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center, we'll continue to actually do the work of journalists, which is just collect information. Now, a lot of what I get comes through the noagendanewsnetwork.com uh, site, and a, a big corner turn coming on that with uh, new software. We can open it up to all the producers. You're going to love it when you see this thing. I'm telling you, you're going to... Because what what happens is a lot of this stuff does get reported, or it's in press releases, mainly press releases. And once... You know, the information flows through. It kind of comes through the system. We pick it up. And all we're doing is just playing it back and trying to fit it into a couple hours uh, twice a week. But it's a lot of work. Uh, as you can tell from the complaining we've done, um, a lot of C-SPAN watching uh, takes place. 
And the only way we can do all this and speak as openly and frankly is by not taking advertising dollars, by not having any outside influence. So it works on a very simple premise. You support the show with your giving levels. Now, a lot of people are confused that our national treasure, NPR, has the same motive. Unfortunately, there's a big discussion going on now about how much the government is funding them, which is not very much, actually, because the, most of the money comes from, what does it come from, John? Advertising. Or, or whatever you want to call it. So there's a show on NPR called the Planet Money. And I'm so happy they actually just admitted it. A wrinkle here when you're considering federal funding for NPR. If NPR deserves federal funding because it's this weird public good that will be underprovided without government assistance, what about other radio stations? Or other podcasts. They are also public goods. They're just like NPR. They're non-rivalrous. That's right. Are we rivalrous, John? No. No. They're non-excludable. Are we excludable? No. No. So what about Kiss 100 or even television, broadcast television? How about American Idol? Did The Bachelor get federal money? (laughs) And no one seems to argue that we need public funding for those things. And why is that? Now, listen very, very closely, and you'll hear the difference between our product, which is bringing you actual, and as far as we know, factual information, versus you, the listener, being the product. Listen carefully. Well, follow me, friends, through the looking glass. It turns out there is another way to view broadcast media and public radio where none of it looks like a public good at all. All right. So, listeners, are you ready to have your minds blown? Okay. uh, He sounds like uh, Kyle from... uh, South Park, doesn't he? It's like, uh, listeners, get ready to have your minds blown. <laughs> I'm going to blow your mind. I'm going to blow your mind. Listen to this. You're not going to believe what you're going to hear. Think about it this way. So normally you think, for a radio broadcast, the listener, you know, you're the consumer, and the product is the radio programming that you're listening to, but which the radio producer has no way of charging you for. But now, think about it differently. Think about you as the product and the advertisers as the customers. The people who run a radio station can sell your ears to the advertisers and most commercial radio and television. Think about it that way. The product is the audience, and they are That's selling that audience. What? That's a fact. That is the way all commercial publishing companies and broadcasters think about uh, the, the, the mechanism. The, the audience is the product, and the product is being sold to the advertisers. But it's not. And that's, ju- by the way, before you go on with that clip, that's why PBS is so left-leaning. People are always moaning and groaning about it. But in any specialty operation, in fact, we have a, we actually do have a product. We don't sell it to anybody, though. That's the difference between what we do. But the fact of the matter is, like, for, let me just give an example. When we were at PC Magazine, and this was explained to me by Bill Ziff himself, uh, this was one of the reasons that PC Magazine, when it was in its heyday, would never publish anything for beginners. Because say, all right, you guys should have a beginner section in there so you can explain how computer technology works so people don't know. We didn't want beginners reading the magazine. We had an audience that was so well-defined and so specific. They were high-end. They were purchasers. They were the, uh, the tech guys at a corporation. They were very easy to pinpoint. You could put them in a, in a room, they were, and they were, they'd all get along with each other. You didn't want a bunch of amateurs and crazy people that were off on the deep end on, on supercomputing or whatever. And you could take this group, and they were so concise and specific, you could take it to an advertiser like Dell or somebody like that and say, look, here are the people that buy your product. We've made, we put them all together. we got a million of them. Give us some money and you can talk to them. And that's the way all media works. And that's what happens. You end up, you end up, you end up essentially working for the advertiser 
creating this little crowd of people for them, not for the benefit of them, but for them, for the for the advertisers, not for the benefit of the of the of the reader, I'm saying, or the listener in the case of what we do. You're creating it all for the purpose of all and if you want listen to any podcast that have advertising, you're gonna always find that they're kind of trying to take you, the listener, and make you a product that they're selling. You're basically being used. You are being whored like a mat long legged Mac Daddy pimping your ass. But of course, that doesn't. In, in, in other words, yes. But that doesn't happen with NPR, our national treasure, does it, John? No, well, no, 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 no. Because we're independent, we don't sell you as a product. Let's listen to them what they say themselves about it. And most commercial radio and television think about it that way. The product is the audience, and they are selling that audience to the advertisers. If you're trying to fund a radio show, a TV show, through advertising, you've effectively turned it from a public good into a private good. But the customers are not the people who are viewers. The customers are the people who are actually paying for it, who are the advertisers. And advertising you know, is rivalrous. You know, one advertising slot uses up time that then can't go to another advertiser. And it's excludable. You know, in, if the advertiser doesn't pay, you don't run that advertiser's message. So for a long time, the solution to that particular public good problem was, I'm not sure it's a public good from the point of view of the viewers, but from the point of view of the advertisers, it's a private good and we can provide it in a private market and no problem. That's so confusing because now you take public radio, you think about it one way, it feels very natural, it qualifies as a public good. You think about it another way, all of a sudden it's not a public good. All of a sudden the, the, uh, the product is the audience and you're selling that to advertisers. Which we do, we call them underwriters. Yeah. They're not advertisers exactly, but they, they have a lot of the same characteristics. <laughs> I predict, I predict Planet Money will be Whoa. off the air soon. <laughs> this guy, these guys are out. Just hear that one more time. The the, uh, the product is the audience, and you're selling that to advertisers. Which we do. We call them underwriters. <laughs> we call them underwriters. Oops. So. Well, the great scam of public radio, or NPR, not public radio in general, because there are you know, some public radio. I mean, it's, it's, it's a different animal in different ways. But of NPR is that they can, they can, the, the real gimmick, which I think is genius and why they get so much money. And then they can sucker the, what it, let's, let's look at this overall. These guys are smarter than the average bear. First of all, they can sell the audience to these underwriter, quote, advertisers, whatever, whatever you want to call them. Uh, they can sell them without having numbers. They can't. They don't have to say, "Well, we got you know, we got our, our Nielsen's just came in." That is not true. You. That is patently not true. Absolutely no, not true. The NPR Foundation sells through commercial media brokers. I know them. It's Media America in New York City. They sell based upon numbers and inventory. Not true. It's completely commercial. I disagree. I mean, I, I'm not saying they don't do that when they have numbers. But most shows don't have numbers. Oh, you don't think that they don't say, here's our podcast downloads? Oh, please. Oh, please. Oh, the. Well, I happen to have been in the public radio sector for a while. I happen to have been in the radio selling side. The same people who sold my Pepsi's top 30 hit list were selling NPR. Okay, I'm at the local level, too, which is different. You're a local guy. I'm, I'm, I think, big. So uh, what the point is, is that they got a scam going with the advertising, A. B, then they get government money for some unknown reason. And by the way, that only accounts for one-fifth of their budget. They said so in that 10%, same show. 10%, 10%, 10%. 
No, they said one. Yeah, that's twenty percent. One fifth of the budget would be twenty. The woman who got fired, Schiller, I mean, <coughs> resigned, said it was ten percent, but uh, it, irrelevant. Whatever. Ten to twenty, whatever yeah. the case is, it just is a spit in the bucket. They can just crank up the advertising, and then the third, the scam that's the scam of scams is that you, we got advertising, we got government subsidies, and now we want your money. Yeah. So they got they got three sources of income, whereas a normal broadcast network has one. Yeah. And we have one. Yeah, one. Yeah. What you complain about? Where's our government money? We're doing a public service more than those guys are. <laughs> what? Say what? Where's our government money? And you ain't getting no government money. Show my support by donating to No Agenda. Squirrel. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. Squirrel. In the morning. That was awesome. Hey, what? We have some donors. Oh, good. And uh, we're going to r- rattle off their names. And I, by the way, I could not find Media Splash. Send me another note because I looked it up in different I don't, ways. I don't have it either. And, and, okay. and Eric sends send me it. at like 10 minutes to 9. Oh, look up email Media Splash. It's not helpful. Well, it's not, I, it's not helpful. I'm sorry. It's not helpful. Sorry. I have Andrew's Andrew story. It's just not helpful. Well, media, well, yeah, the people are going to have to, you know, you, you, there's a box to fill out in PayPal or me, mail a check in and, and attach a letter but to have, but this once you separate the uh the message from the donation it's it's i get 400 emails a day yeah you Hello. know it's just it's a mess i mean it's like i yeah you and you can listen to Adam, no, oh, no. you're disorganized i dis- no, 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 I, I get the same possible. i get the same amount of emails it's eric just pushing it off he's not, i'm sorry i'm sorry well, I, eric doesn't have the memo how well, what's he supposed to well, do well how does he know about the memo because it says in the in the PayPal thing, it had a mention of it. Then he then he needs to go in an email and say, "Hey, you got to send me this now, or well, it's not going on get the show." That until eight in the morning, one hour before the it's show. It's a whole hour. It's a whole hour. Don't will you? Are you standing up for him? I'm just saying. I don't. I don't blame Eric like you're doing. I'm, I'm not, blaming, not the, blaming the him. I'm saying it's not helpful. Well, it's not unhelpful because the other thing was in there. Anyway, Patrick Patrick McKernan of Nashua, New Hampshire, gave us three thousand three hundred and thirty-three Russian rubles. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what, what, what? <laughs> Do they still use the ruble? Uh, well, yeah, of course. Which amounts to one hundred seventeen dollars and eighty-five cents. Uh, Andrew Bump, uh, Carrie Illinois, we got a bunch of one hundred eleven dollars and eleven cents, uh, and he's got a karma need. Uh, which we'll have to look up again. It's another one that's separated. Uh, Hold on. Hold on. I got Andrew. Andrew's I have. Okay, good. Well, you want to read it? Yeah. Uh, It's it's way too long. Uh, But essentially, we... I'm sorry. You. In my donation last time, I requested a double dose of the good stuff to clear my good name of douche status and get some karma for the job search that would be following the inevitable demise of the company I was working for at the time. On air, I received my de-douching, which I'm thankful for, but then proceeded to get Dvorak on my karma. John was apparently in a hurry, as right when it seemed you were gearing up to give me a dose of karma, he said you'd get back to it later. Well, we all know that wasn't going to happen at that point. So... <laughs> 
So hey, you know, long-winded stuff. We have to cut these <laughs> yeah, things no, down. We can't be here. This is not the uh, you know the X Y Z show where we just can read and read and read and read yeah, and read. We got to move these- it along. We got to move it along. So uh, anyway, so he, you know, the, he like loses his job. Everything's going crap. It's horrible. But then good karma comes along. Uh, he gets a job. Uh, the karma came from a couple of things, he says. On my way, my one-way commute is 1.5 hours, and one of the many exits I pass on the highway to and from work every day is the only exit that leads to work is exit 333. Ah. A month after starting the position, a very large and out-of-place highway advertisement went up about a mile before exit 333. The advertisement is for McDonald's new filet fish value meal, priced in large lettering at $3.33, uh, to top it off, my new job is, is process automation engineering for mixing high fructose corn syrup into beverages. So there you go. So that's his karma story. It didn't come from kind us. Of a negative karma story, yeah. seems to me. Uh, he's, he, so he's doing post-carmage. <sighs> James uh, Pet, Petzinger in San Jose, California, $111.11. Value for value, he says he loves the show. Keith Edwards, Gilbert, Arizona, $111.11. Massimo Cataneo, one of our regulars. Massimo. New- Contino. Contineo? It's not Contino? It's Massimo. Massimo, not Massimio. Massimo. I, did, did I say Massimio? Something like that. No, Massimo Cataneo in Noosa, Australia, from Suzanne Tracy, actually, Noosa, Australia. Please give a birthday shout out to my son, Thomas. Yeah, we got that. Turns 18 on yeah, April 4th. Yeah, we got 14th. it. We got it. We got it. Move on. He needs karma. Give him some karma. Oh, birthday shout out. It wasn't karma. You've it got says right here, karma. karma. Oh, well, there's the karma. <laughs> Jeez, you're going to argue with every one of these? We'll never get through these. Matthew McDonald, Calgary, Alberta, $111.11. Last show you guys missed the birthday shout out and karma from my gorgeous fiance, Aaron Bergman. No, we no, didn't. No, we did not. No, we did not. We expressly did it. Do these people even listen to the show? Hey, if you're going to donate money and not listen, please don't. All right? Just don't. Let's finish. P-snakes. Sh- uh, Snakes. $111.11. He's also a knight, finally. Uh, Felix Schudel, $100. Uh, Davy Jones. Dave Jones. Uh, famous for his lockers in Springville, Alabama. Uh He's also in the chat room spreading the love. He's R-D-A-N-E-E-L, if you want to harass him. 50 double nickels on the dime. Thomas, uh, by the way, it's his first donation. Thomas Nordang in North Glen, Colorado. Long-time listener, first-time donor. Please give me some karma for my job search as I'm changing careers again. You've got karma. You know, uh, these guys, everybody's dissatisfied with their work. Zoran Ivanovici. In Lakewood, California, double nickels on the dime. Notice some generous donations from Japan on show 290. As a small part of me wonders if my mention of the Japanese ministry and transgendered hookers <laughs> may have played a small part in that. Yes, and we appreciate it. <laughs> it's like a very early episode of No Agenda where John admitted that a great way to make an impression is to tell a good hooker joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, it worked, and that, we appreciate it. Does that make a great impression? I don't know. It, it doesn't on most women. I, I, I've, <laughs> no, it I've noticed that's not had a big laugh in the office. It's not day. a good policy. Uh, Greg Brunsel, uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin, fifty dollars in Chris Chris Gachilin, Sir Chris Chris Gielen Gielen Promo jingle was an good slav 
een Lusner elke week naar geen agenda met Adam Curry en John C. Dvorak. Very good. That's his ringtone again. Uh, paid uh, and Paul Elvis uh, Elves A L V E S in Toronto another fifty dollars and they we want to thank our those donors and everybody who donated thirty three thirty three and all the subscribers and we would like to encourage more people to subscribe especially at the eleven dollar eleven cent level but five dollars is good and check your uh, your subscription once in a while because we get a lot of people just thrown off the subscription list by PayPal for no apparent reason you know one bad uh, charge or who knows what and so we lose like you know about one uh, between one and ten people a week and that'll be that I'm sick of this I, I'm sick of it sick of what just in general negativity what negativity Never mind. We got CoIntel Pro in the chat room. Today. Oh, you got the chat room going crazy. Yeah. I don't just stay out of the chat room. It's all chat rooms deteriorate into a. It could be if they're not overly mod- moderated like they should be, where people when they say negative things, they should be just thrown out. I'm just sick of it when when you know we're t- we're trying to do a job here. It is our job. John, John, do you have any other job? Do you have a job? I mean, the twit is not a job. Your columns, is that a job? Yeah, I guess it is. Does that but you got like five kids and three wives? Only down to two wives. Anyway, if you want to support the show and if you want to enhance karma for all peoples of all Gitmo nations, uh, we need you to remember one thing. Dvorak.org slash NA. And there's a couple other places where you can get there if Dvorak.org slash NA should be inaccessible due to excessive Gitmo Nation interwebs filtering. John? What did you just say? ChannelDvorak.com slash... <laughs> I have the channel Dvorak... Governor Nusnaba. ChannelDvorak.com slash NA. Uh, no agenda no show. NoAgendaNation.com slash donate slash NA. Either one. Yeah, exactly. It's your birthday, birthday. Uh, let's uh, take a look at our list here today. Uh, Massimo Catania says happy birthday to his son Thomas. Turns uh, 18 on April 4th. Matthew McDonald on the list again. A great administration. Yes, we did say happy birthday to your fiance Aaron Bergwin, but happy to do again. No problem uh, on March 24th. And Eric the Shill wishes his son Evan a very happy fifth birthday. Happy birthday from your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. It's your and uh, I'm very happy to announce that we have a couple of uh, knighthoods to do here, uh, John. Can I uh, can I have your uh, your blade? Yeah, here it comes. Yeah, very good. Uh, Gary Lehner and Pay Snakus, please step forward. Both of you have uh, spent considerable time and effort in achieving the appropriate giving level of $1,000 to become Knights of the No Agenda Roundtable. This includes your ring, which is forthcoming very soon. They have been ordered. So Gary Later and Pay Snakus, I hereby knight the Knights of the No Agenda Roundtable. Please step over here and enjoy your hookers and blow. Or your rent boys and Cabernet, depending on your preference. And thank you so much for that uh, support. That is really... You know, I love seeing that where over time people do this. You know, they've just been saving up. They've been with the show, and they continue to support us. The show is in they need of support. They produce the show. Yeah, exactly. The, sh- the show is in need of support. It is, in fact. And, and don't 
support NPR. That's what I say. Exactly. Yeah, relationships Jesus are Lord. going to religion, culinary arts, airlines, food recipes, else United States, Africa, uh, outdoor recreation, travel, tourism. And by the way, um, I, th- we have one lead, exactly one, on the uh, No Agenda Nation tour, Hot Pockets Across America. There is one human resource out there who works at an actual RV sales and rental company in uh, <laughs> in Illinois, and he's trying to convince his boss to give us uh, an RV for uh, for the trip. And actually, that would be great because we can go Illinois up to the northern eastern seaboard all the way down. And then go all the way down the southern states, up to California, up to you know, up to Canada, then all the way back to Illinois it would be great. I think five, six weeks. You've never been in the South. Yes, I have. I've been to every okay. single state in the Union. What are you talking about? You have. You've been to Alaska. Every, yes. Oh, yes. Anchorage, Alaska. The most beautiful women in the world, and there's three women to one guy. No. Yes. Uh 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 uh. No, sirree. There's tons, and they're just beautiful. I have been to, it was only for 48 hours, but I was in Anchorage. It's beautiful up there. So, yes, I've been to every single state in the Union. I haven't been to Alaska. Uh, well, you can hitch a ride. Will we come back up through California? IA? Then you oh, you're going to take the Alaskan Canadian Highway? Trans-Canadian, yeah. whatever they call it? Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, that one. I don't sure care. you are. Yeah, why not? But we just need to convince this guy that it's a good deal. And I said, look, you know, we'll, we'll give you credit on the shows. You know, we'll, we're, we'll, we'll get plenty of exposure, right? Yeah, you'd be driving everything with a bunch of promotion on the side of it, I would assume. Yeah, I even said I'll do like a sock hop or whatever in your local market. I mean, anything. Just to hook us up. <laughs> a sock hop. <laughs> Nobody even knows what a sock hop is I, anymore. I know. <laughs> I know. It's completely sad. Hey, you mentioned bit- my sock hop. What's a sock hop? Let me explain. For people out there who don't know, we do have a younger listening audience. Too. We have a good broad range of people. We don't have because we don't have to package our audience for a uh, for any sort of advertiser. So we have everybody that listens, and we don't care. So uh, in the olden days, uh, they used to have dances because used to like encourage kids to dance and high school dances, and they'd always have them in the gym. And they didn't want people scratching up the gym floor because it would wreck the. <laughs> I didn't know this part. Team. This is great. I didn't actually know this. Yeah, so they they created this phony baloney thing in the fifties because they because once they started once they went away from waltzing into doing the bop and whatever the dirty bop and the, <laughs> the jumping bop. around dancing bop. rock rock and roll uh, <laughs> that crazy thing those kids are doing once they started doing that they were scratching up the place because of their shoes so they said oh now let's create the sock hop so you had to go in your socks because <laughs> you wouldn't damage anything okay thanks for that uh, history lesson. You're welcome. Now, speaking of socks, big up, big up to the human resources of Belgium. Big ups. So, of course, they now have been without a government longer than Iraq. Um, Do they need a government? Apparently, no. Not. It's working fine. They don't need it at all. But, but, but. Uh, so they're doing their own version of the riot, and they're leading by example. I love our human resources from Gitmo Nation, Brussels sprouts. They put up uh, a dummy of uh, the Belgian Prime Minister, Yves Leterme, on the steps of the Stock Exchange building, and they've been throwing shoes at... I mean, there's thousands of shoes. It's a, You see these pictures, it's beautiful. Thousands of shoes, and everyone comes by and just throws a shoe. And, I, and, ah. and I'm telling you, this is, this is the protest. This is the one that gets attention. Throw your shoes over 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Throw your shoe. What? 
Yeah, throw your shoes over the fence. Yeah, or stick them I on the you, fence. We could take this one level higher and show up and, and throw pre-shoes. We really have to. Pre-shoes? I think a, throw, throwing a pre-shoe is even better. What's a pre-shoe? Uh, a rubber tire. <laughs> they make them into shoes in a Mexico. A pre-shoe. No. Yeah, Just, you think you're, you're, people don't know what to do with these old tires. They got them in their garage. No, it's shoes. Just shoes. Shoes is an insult. It's insulting. It's beautiful. Throw your shoes. You don't think throwing a tire at somebody is an insult? No. No. Just shut up, John. Please, don't confuse it. You're making light of this. We have to protest one way or the other. Shoes. All right. Throw your shoes over the fence of Pennsylvania Avenue. All right. Haiku Herman Van Rooyen. You know, they'll be saying, well, you guys are eliciting uh, littering. It's a felony. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm just I'm just I'm down today. Um, well, you were in a happy mood when you began the show. Yeah, but then I just I just saw the futility of it all. Like why? What, why is it the chat room? The guys are missing the point. Yeah, it hurts. It really does. When it hurts. It hurts. Yeah. You, do you, it doesn't this, hurt. This Don't show is my life. Room. This it's very no. simple. This show is my life. You see, you've learned to hide from it. I'm still a young man. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all right, we stay. Remain in Brussels. The president of uh, the United States of Europe, uh, you know that guy who was never chosen by the human resources? They just put him there? Herman, haiku Herman. Yeah, he's got a new poem? Yeah, he got a new haiku. He sure does. In which he wished Italy to remain united forever. And uh, shall I read you this uh, haiku? Uh, Why not? Okay, here we go. From the multitudes to unity... After a century-long journey, together forever. What? Yeah, that's his haiku. He, he, he tweets them now, his haikus. He tweets them? Yeah. <laughs> this guy's an idiot. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then, of course, there's some interesting stuff going on in Italy. As uh, George Clooney, apparently, will be uh, called as a witness for the Prime Minister uh, Silvio Berlusconi's uh, hooker uh, trial. <laughs> and Berlusconi's like, hey, man, George was there. He had, he had them hookers over there. Hey, we got to call him as a witness so that he knows that, that, would, that George will say that it's not true. Of course, George is, this is like a, I mean, it's, it's like a desperate measure. <laughs> it's probably like this. Hello, George maybe W. They, maybe uh, Berlusconi's handlers bailed out on him, and he knows the only way he can get a message to them is through Clooney. No, I think it went like this. Hello, George W. Obama. This is Silvio. Hey, man, I have some deep shit here, man. What is the guy from Acapulco? I mean, what is the accent? <laughs> I don't have this? an accent for Silvio. I, I needed the help. I needed the help of George W. Obama. How can you help me with this the problem with the hookers and the blows? Don't worry there, Sylvia. I'll send Clooney. <laughs> He'll fix it. Doesn't he fix everything? Yeah, Clooney's the fi- he's a fixer. <laughs> he's the fixer. He did that movie, Adam uh, Cl- the Clayton, whatever it was, film, which was about being a fixer, and that's what he is, actually. Yeah, it's just, kind of an, an ir- irony. Yeah, he's just going to go in and fix it. Not a problem. Not a problem. And we have... So, I, I, my, so Mimi came up with an interesting observation that I think needs reporting, and I think we should look into it. Yeah, I'm all ears. She believes, and now that I think back on it... Oh, George, George Clooney's that, gay? Is this, is this what it's going to be? No. Oh. Uh, I'm looking back on these interviews. She believes that Rumsfeld... Is gay? ...has been Botoxed 
<laughs> to an extreme, so you can't spot him lying about this pack of lie books that book that he came out with. And I, now that I remember, he, she says she just turned off the sound on a Rumsfeld interview, and he's got no express. He's expressionless. And this is a kind of a, a fractal of the show Lie to Me, where this guy who reads people right. can't read this one guy because he's been Botoxed. Botoxed to death. So you Botox yourself up. So he says, he says, Rumsfeld's got all these wrinkles in his forehead, but he can't raise his eyebrows. Right. And, and it makes nothing but sense because, because the, there's been studies that show that when you, you, when you cut off the ability to express yourself facially, you also lose those emotions. You, you go flat. Right, we, we, we've actually discussed this, that if you can't make the emotion, then it actually cha- it alters your personality. Yeah, and so now Rumsfeld's got to, this, Rumsfeld's, this is, explains a lot of these interviews. I mean, he was yucking it up kind of with Jon Stewart. He was denying all kinds of things. He, he doesn't think that, what was that one thing he kept repeating, that he doesn't think there's any corruption in Afghanistan? Well, he, he, <laughs> there's no corruption, no, none. He also uh, uh, doesn't know what Building 7 is. Right, he doesn't know. <laughs> What? Did you hear that? Did we ever yeah, play that yeah, no. clip? We played the clip. What? We played the clip. We don't know. He doesn't know what Building 7 is. It's hilarious. I have it here. But, so building anyway, 7. Hold on. Just, you got to listen to it. I often hear about no plane hit Building 7. Why did Building 7 come down? What do you tell people? What is Building 7? <laughs> Douchebag. And he would, if he was lying about that, you wouldn't know because he doesn't have any expressions anymore. Right. So if anybody want to sees Rumsfeld because I think he's still on the book tour, turn off the sound or record it, and then turn off the sound and watch him. And apparently, you're going to notice that he, he can't; his face is like frozen by Botox. And this is why Nicole Kidman doesn't win any Oscars anymore because she Botoxed herself out and she's, she's she can't act anymore. She has no expression. Yeah, she's got no expressions. Yeah. No, but, she does have a flat look. I mean, it's actually kind of kind of creepy to be honest about the way nicole kidman can't she doesn't you know her smile is kind of fixed in place and she doesn't her yeah. eyebrows don't move yeah. and yeah. her eyes don't open wide you know when so she's uh, this is very this is a very good point and i think we need to be on the lookout uh how about uh hillary clinton how about uh, lucifer lucifer clinton has she been botoxed we got to pay now we got to start paying attention to this this is a very good point mickey always think- sees this she always says oh, botox we should look at this I- more I think that I, I was watching Hillary. I know because Hillary, I don't think she's going to get Botox. Maybe she's Botox in some parts, but she relies <laughs> on that glare. Right. And if she right. gets Botox, she's going to lose that glare because she'll, she'll look at somebody and give them that dirty look. Right. And to, to, to transmit a dirty look uh, no, without saying anything, you can't be Botox. She's wearing the brooch, man. It's the evil eye brooch. That thing is emanating something. I think Lucy Napolitano may be bo- Botox. Oh, Let's well. Let's pay attention to this. This should be a new um, a new segment. Yeah, Botoxed Elite of the Week. Botoxed or not Botoxed? <laughs> hey, we got a couple of uh, Shadow Puppet Theater. Couple of entries in the Shadow Puppet Theater. Um, a lobbyist for the RIAA, uh, and her name is uh, Beryl Howell is uh, about to become a judge who will rule on file-sharing cases. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> Let me get this straight. Yeah, please. Try it. What? Yeah, exactly. So she was a lobbyist for the RIAA. Yeah, one of those people that... Uh, uh, take, shill. Yeah, shill. That 
bribes a, a politician. Congress. Yeah, Congress with, bribes them. With, with hookers. Hookers, yeah, exactly. And she's Botox, by the way. Uh, she is now uh, a federal judge, and uh, she uh, will be ruling on uh, a number of file-sharing cases. It's beautiful. And then the favorite one, uh, which has not been confirmed, but it looks like uh, Tiny Tim Gibbs, Bob Gibbs, uh, is in talks with Facebook to oversee the company's communications. Why? Well, duh. Every time somebody says this to me, I go, why? Why? Because Facebook is, is the, I mean, we need more government people in there. What are you talking about? Why? I mean, but what, uh, yeah, well, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a place where they can track you like a dog, which is one of the reasons I don't, well, it's not the only reason I don't use it, because. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah, we know you don't like it. But anyway. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I mean, it, isn't that obvious? Isn't what, is, what is their excuse? I mean, if I'm Zuckerberg or anybody at, at Facebook, what is my excuse for hiring a government stooge as a communications guy when there's a million guys that are It's not about than the is. communication that Gibbs sends out. It's about the communication he brings in. Are you kidding me? Isn't that the, um, so completely obvious? Oh, so he's an input device. Of course. He's not an output device. So uh, what, is, what are we supposed to do now, Mr. Gibbs? Exactly. And he will, okay, and we'll a, do that. He's now we'll the handler for Facebook. Do I Facebook. still have a net worth of forty billion? Is that good? Yeah. Okay. I want me to cut it down a little bit. Okay. No. I, okay. We'll do what you say. Is that your uh, Gibbs? No. That's that. that, that, that <laughs> oh, no, it's that's your Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. That's your Zuckerberg. Oh, okay. And this one. Okay. So you can't write this stuff. Okay. You just can't write it. President Obama accepted his transparency award from the open government community this week in a closed, undisclosed meeting <laughs> at the White House. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean come That's on. the press release of the week. Wait a minute, let me just read this again. President Obama accepted his transparency award from the open government community in a closed, undisclosed meeting. <laughs> I mean, wow. I mean, it, hey, ladies and gentlemen, this is why we do this show. <laughs> Like, you got to help us out here. I mean, who comes up with this stuff? <laughs> that is the, I mean, write it for me. I mean, you go ahead, go to the best writer in Hollywood and say, what is the craziest thing you could make up? They throw you out. You can't even, they're like, no, you can't write that. That would never happen. Just like this from uh, Gitmo Nation, uh, United States of Europe. Uh, listen to um, the uh, the member of parliament, European parliament, as he explains uh, why cloned meat does not have to be labeled. Conventional European meat eaters can continue their customary habits for a while longer. European Union talks over how to deal with food from cloned animals have broken down. These animals can be bred traditionally to produce young with desirable traits like high milk production or rapid growth. Although roughly 6 out of 10 EU consumers are said to oppose cloning for food, the bloc's health commissioner says it's okay. The legal vacuum continues. The present situation where there is no control at all on uh, cloning techniques or clones will be again the rule in Europe. Science is telling us that we do not, there is no risk whatever on health from uh, meat. From there we go. The, this will be the rule. The, the cloning is no problem. Why, John? Because the science is telling us this. Science! Science, science is telling us it is okay. Huh. 
Well, the science is in. It must yeah. be okay. Yeah. Hey, wait, whatever you do. The science is in. Science. Yeah, it's uh, science is in. So right there, there's your representatives, uh, slaves of Europe. You will eat cloned no, wait, meat. Let, let, hold on a second. Stop. Stop. Am I wrong or am I, did I imagine that just, well, I don't know, three, four years ago, actually even during the memory of the show's creation, that the Europeans were all bent out of shape about anything that was even genetically modified, let alone cloned, and they weren't going to allow it? Or did I imagine that? Nah, you must have imagined it. Really? Because I was under the impression that the Europeans, in particular, were just completely bent out of shape about any genetic modification of the food that they eat and all this sort of thing, and they weren't going to put up with it. But you know what's this next? Doesn't sound okay. like that. It sounds just the opposite. The science has proven to us that it is completely safe to eat the hot pockets. You must eat the hot pockets. Eating the hot pockets will keep you strong and healthy for a better combined European nation. Interesting. Meanwhile, back here in Gitmo Nation, the United States of America, we have a new Cash for Clunkers program, John. And we, you and I can get in on it. Ooh. Yeah, we can buy a battery car. You want to buy a battery car? Yeah. Okay, check this out. This is... Um, Senator Debbie Stabenow from, uh, well, she's from Michigan. Do you think that has anything Debbie. to do with it? Yeah, Debbie from uh, the Debster. From Michigan, huh? The Debinator from Michigan. Where they, what do they make in Michigan? Oh, cars. Uh, they, yeah, they, cars. Poverty. Yeah. <laughs> Straight from Michigan. Makers of the best poverty in the union. Here's Debbie. President Obama called on us to rise to the challenge of the 21st century economy, to out-innovate out-educate and out-build the rest of the world. And we can do that. He also challenged us to put one million electric vehicles on the road by 2015. The bill I've introduced today will help us achieve that goal by investing in electric vehicle innovation because we can create the jobs of the future in America. We are already creating those in Michigan with these investments. We all know that new technologies are always the most expensive. Technology! Which is why we passed a tax credit of up to $7,500 on the purchase of a new electric vehicle. My bill makes that work even better for consumers. It turns that credit into a rebate that can be used at the time of purchase so that when you buy a car, you would get up to the $7,500 off at the beginning, at the dealership, rather than waiting until you fill out your tax forms the next year. Woohoo! Seventy five hundred smackers for a Volt. The only electric car we really have is a Volt. That's a Chevy. That's a General Motors, which I believe is owned or partially owned by the government. Woohoo! Seventy five hundred buckaroos. So the government itself is is subsidizing cars made by its own. Okay, well, that's what, that's what everyone was fearful of. But, you know, there hey, 7,500, 7,500. So the chat room just posted this link about the president mispronouncing the name Libya. Did you see anything about this? That's supposed to be funny. Let's see what these hilarious people have to share with us. Tonight, I'd like to update the American people on the international effort that we have led in Libya. And that we would not put <laughs> ground troops in Libya. What did he say? Libya. <laughs> that's, that's funny or die. <laughs> Duh. 
I fell for that one. Stupid idiot I am. Uh, Gitmo Nation Deutschland. Bad news, John. Bad, bad, bad news. The demon drink has struck there, and the and the childrens are are in in, in deep, deep kimchi. Vodka tampons is the new the new craze. Oh yeah, yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, vodka tampons. Police in southern Germany, Deutschland, warned this week of a dangerous new form of alcohol abuse amongst teens using tampons soaked in vodka to get drunk quickly and hide the smell. The practice poses grave health risks, they say. This is worse than the eyeball shots. The eyeball shots, but don't work. I bet you the tampon thing works. Well, maybe. <laughs> Let me give it a try. Let me know, eh? That was in a uh, that was in a Law and Order recently. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. so this is just promotion for Law and Order. I'm sorry. I, I should have caught that. How stupid! Yeah, the girl was drunk, but then there was no, you know, that she's dead and drunk, and then there was no uh, alcohol in her stomach, and then they came up with this with the tampon you know, thing. She was oh, apparently brother. a model, and oh, the brother. thing was, you didn't want to have alcohol in your breath, but you wanted to get plastered. Oh, jeez! So you know, the funny thing is, I think that the alcohol would still come out because it. The way you would well, expire. if it's enough, yeah, if it's enough, you'd smell it. But uh, yeah, vodka is pretty smell. It has no real smell anyway, right? Just what plain. ethanol? No vodka. Well, that's ethanol, vodka, same thing. <laughs> I'm sorry, get <laughs> technical. Why don't we just make a? We can. Here you go. Here's a premium for the show. We make a vodka called ethanol. <laughs> That'd be great. Ethanol. <coughs> um, by the way, you know, there's this stupid study just to show people how news is made. You know, and and because I actually said, I read this to Mickey, I said, "Oh, it turns out that sixteen uh, percent of all women would gladly gl- give up one year of their life to have the perfect body." And she says, "I don't trust these surveys." And I said, "Well, it's a promotion for something. Let me go find it." And sure enough, study commissioned by this new charity, you know, against uh, eating disorder. You know, how 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 horrible is it? It's like, hey, we've got to promote our charity. What can we do? Let's do a study. Yeah, what can we do? Oh, I know. Let's ask people if they'd like to die a year earlier to have the perfect body. <laughs> that's bad. You get some discussion going, and then everyone's talking about it. Yeah. Guys, it's like everything's a scam. This is why I'm uh, demure. Do, we have any, do you have any good news? Do you have anything fun? Come on. Well, I have a peculiar... Uh, Squirrel... Besides the squirrel clip. <laughs> I, uh, I wanted that clip, only I wanted... Shoot! What's that one? Throw a shoe. Well, here, play the Young and the Restless clip. Oh, thank goodness. Uh, something different. I have to go. No, no, no. Please, 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 please. Listen, listen. This is, this is torture for my friend not knowing where she is. You can't tell anyone that I told you. You won't get in trouble. You won't, I promise. I promise. We sold, we sold her to the horrible woman. Horrible. What is that? They sold her to a horrible woman. A horrible woman. I was going to play that clip before we played all that Hillary stuff. That's why she freaked out because of the horrible woman? The yeah. whole thing? Oh, jeez. Yeah. 
I don't know what it's about. I just turned it on, and boom, there was a clip for me. <laughs> oh, man. I do have a, a Gaddafi sick joke top ten. These are the last three items in Letterman's thing last night. I thought, I thought this was the end of society. This is like what can mo- the, the top ten list, and there's the last three. It's one the second. Top- this clip. How can that? How can that be right? Oh, whoops. <laughs> whoops. Hold on a second. Whoops. It's a, hold on. It's hold on. Hold on. Something crashed here. I don't even know if we're still on no. the air. Hold on. Whoa, that was weird. Are we still on the air? Yes. How do you know? Oh, you, just oh. just because you can hear me doesn't mean we're on the air. I thought because I could hear you. <laughs> you because I could hear you. You could hear me. Air. You could. It's one. It's how can it be one second? That doesn't make any sense. Let's see if this uh, works. Yeah, great job, John. That's a great clip. So the, the, <laughs> great the clip. The, everything crashed because you're a fantastic clip. Maybe let me just see. It, it, maybe I'll, let me open this in quick time. Let me see if it's. Do you do you like check these? Yeah, it's one second. Here's your clip. All right, everybody, stand by. Here's John's phenomenal clip that's supposed to cheer me up. Great. Perfect. Great. <laughs> great. Thanks. Oh, I guess I can't use that clip. No. So uh, don't, I don't know please don't go on explaining it. That that won't make me feel any better. No. Uh, from the vaccine land, um, good news. 20 years after HIV geneticist Betty Korber first began tackling HIV, her hard work, some would say obsession, may be finally paying off as she and her team are gearing up for the first round of human trials on an HIV vaccine. So, uh, oh, really? Yeah, Debbie will. Uh, well, that's good news. Yeah, Debbie will soon be found in the hot tub. No, I think there, there's just time to end that. that plague don't get me started on that uh more than 300 uh, i can't even i'm not even gonna tell you i just get I'm just get annoyed although do it the does, three 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 come and give us our, your yeah, list. Let's do, yeah let's do some magic numbers california assembly approves 33 percent renewable mandate hey cheery spam down 33 percent after the rust talk takedown which by the way i don't believe i mean i see the spam is not down um hey spam. avon ladies spam isn't down or any at all <laughs> bull crap avon ladies upcoming 33 percent gain of the company's uh share good job avon ladies uh, <laughs> let's see stink bug epidemic spreads as 33 states now report the smelly pests this is new oh it's taken over from bed bugs yeah <laughs> you always have to have some bug attack. <laughs> it's the stink bug. After that, what it'll the be hell? The stink bug. Stink. <laughs> 33% of public school staff set to retire in 10 years. Uh, India gets 74 bids for 33 oil and gas blocks. And my favorite, President Obama says we must cut oil imports by 33% by 2025. Yeah, yeah that'll happen. Uh, did you see that thing in? Uh, oh, this is uh, there's a, there are a couple of things. Okay, there's one I had to remind you of, and uh, the other one is this is uh, this should go with uh, President Obama's uh, transparency award. Homeland Security officials in the part in charge of see it's happening. They're shooting microwaves. Homeland Security Department officials in charge of submitting sensitive government files to political advisors for secret reviews before they could be released to citizens have you been following this no read that again it was it was hard for you uh, me to understand you were kind of 
uh, yeah, a microwave babbling. Yes, <laughs> George McGovern, Hermit Town. The Homeland Security Department official in charge of submitting sensitive government files to political advisors for secretive reviews before they could be released to citizens, journalists, and watchdog groups complained in emails that the unusual scrutiny was crazy and hoped someone outside the the Obama administration would discover the practice. So here's what's happening. So we discovered it right now. Yeah. Here we go. (laughs) Your wishes come true. So apparently when... um, when they ask for a freedom of information uh, request, it has to go through a whole bunch of people who have to scrutinize this in the award-winning Obama Transparency Administration. And then they black everything out, and then everything's you know, it gets deleted. Just, I'm telling you, John, I'm done. I'm done. I, I, I got nothing. I have no energy left for this. There's nothing <laughs> funny. I haven't laughed once. We didn't have anything that humorous. No, but that disappoints me. We're in the middle of another third war we don't need. Yeah, why? why when they talk about World War Three. we didn't know it meant three wars, yeah. three wars. <laughs> That's, oh, good point. And uh, did you want to talk about this uh, Snopes thing? <clears throat> oh, I did want to talk about this. It's just too bad it's that so deep in the show. Well, let me set it up. So, um, according to uh, reports from out there, uh, essentially, the uh, here's the consensus and, uh, and, of the story. And let me preface your 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 setup with something. Mm-hmm. I have been baffled because Snopes is always being referred to. Oh, look it up in Snopes. You've been sucking Snopes, has it? Yeah, well, you've even, even done that to me in the past, and I've played the clip of it, but that's okay. Snopes. Snopes is when Snopes has it. That's the truth, baby. But I've always been just befuddled. Is the right word? Uh, by the fact that Snopes will refuses to go along with the fact that we all listened, we all heard it, that Al Gore says he invented the Internet. And uh, they, because of one, because he didn't use the word invented, I think he used the word created. Right. They, they say, they say this is bullcrap. Al Gore never said such a thing. Debunked. Right. And they say false, when in fact it's true, but it was just, you know, it was just a different word. He used, okay, he didn't invent it, he created it, or whatever. And I've, I've always been baffled by the fact that they're so persistent in this. Right. So, uh, what's been going around is that, uh, are you out, darling? Oh, I love you so much. Where are you going? Oh, okay. Say hi. Is this the microwaves, or is this you talking to Mickey? <laughs> it's the microwaves. I'm just talking to myself now. All right. So what's been going around is that uh, every single time there was a uh, birth certificate lawsuit uh, essentially saying, hey, uh, the president has to show his birth certificate, who was, the def- who was the lead attorney in charge of defending the president? Elena Kagan, who was uh, uh, nominated and uh, put into the Supreme Court. And so the theory is that she is the shill for when and if this all goes all the way to the Supreme Court, she will be on the inside blocking this. And Snope says, that's not true. You're supposed to take over here. Well, well, how do they know it's not true? Well, because they're Snopes. Well, then there's apparently some connection now that's been discovered 
that Snopes is actually now it was I don't have the email in front of me. I should have. I'm an idiot. But that they're either connected to the they're connected to some intelligence agency or other, which makes nothing but sense if you think about it. So they're essentially a propaganda tool. Uh, well, the uh, the email uh, that you reference, and I'm only bringing this up because you said, "Hey, I've got a take on this." <laughs> Well, the take was the take was my befuddlement, and that's the word I'm using about the about the uh, Al Gore creating the internet incident, which is what he said. We all heard him, right? So who can you believe? Well, I was thinking about that. <laughs> uh huh. And what I think it? we should do a no agenda version of Snopes. No, I'm not interested. No, we don't have to do it. Somebody should do it with our blessing. No, I'm really not interested. You could you could you could spider Snopes and take all the material the sn- and then rewrite it. Snopes is then, for dopes. Uh, no, who cares? I do. Uh, I want to be able to say Snopes, Snopes said it. I can't do that uh, now. I know it's interested. like, well, Snopes yeah. is Snopes, you know. Interested. Who knows what they're up to. Anyway, I guess we can uh, wind it up. And, uh, of course, I am completely crazy. I don't know what I'm talking about. Persistent contrails. And uh, so this is the the next move. Before they come out and say, yeah, we're actually chemtrailing the skies to protect you all from global warming. Uh, this is the next step. Air travel has come under fire for its potential contributions to climate change. Which, by the way, hey, get with the program. It's climate disruption. Most yeah, people, really. You can't use yeah, climate, climate change. change is, out. Yeah, it's climate disruption. Most people probably assume that its impact comes through carbon emissions, given that aircraft burn significant amounts of fossil fuels to stay aloft. But, oh, no, it turns out a new study in the new, brand new, by the way, recently created journal Nature Climate Change. Hello, branding Nature Climate Disruption reinforces that by suggesting that the clouds currently being generated by air travel have a larger impact on the climate than the cumulative emissions of all aircraft ever flown. What is this? What are they trying to do to me now? Well, this was based, this is, for one thing, there's a couple of things here. One, this is really old news that the that the chemtrail contrails <laughs> that the contrails you said it you said it i heard you say it you slipped so they uh, that that during 911 when they, they grounded all the airlines they had a period of time where the scientists could study the fact what what is the sky like with zero contrails anywhere and they found that they, it, the temperatures all went up. Yeah. And so then, because the normal, you know, they, they contribute enough cloud cover, these jets, that, that they, this is an ANOVA, you can look it up. And they believe that if it wasn't for these jets, we'd all be cooked by now. And the jets are saving us. So I don't see, they're, they've got it, they're in a conundrum here. Well, the jets are saving us, but we got to promote trains and the jets are not saving us. I don't know. What are we going to do about these jets? They're saving the globe. But again, they're, you know, they're, we don't want jets anymore. I don't know. So don't you understand? It's so simple. Da da. So, okay, we have Winning. to, we, we have to reduce air travel. But you know what? For your protection, we're going to create these clouds artificially 
This is where it's oh, going, God. John. This is where it's going. We have government sent because you know it turns out it's actually it's quite good if we could only get rid of the nasty airplane pollution, but we could still have the contrails. This is where it's going. I guarantee you. Fucking sick of it. I'm sick and tired of it. I want to get out of here. Mr. Oil is uh, coming up next with uh, the Oil's Crude Show. Uh, your short half hour, and uh, if you want to know why we even have to do this show, it's all because of oil. And uh, he thinks it's not a bad thing. Yeah, well, I don't blame him. No, I, I don't, think it's a bad thing either. I don't either. think it's a bad thing and, either. Uh, contri- help us uh, continue doing this show. Adam will be more cheerful on Sunday. No, we'll I don't remind think everybody so. that on Sunday we're going to go a half an hour early. Mm. For people who want That's to listen right. and want to kibitz in the chat room, yes, we'll be playing uh, at eight thirty instead of nine Pacific time. That's right, eight thirty a.m. Gitmo Nation West time is when the show starts. So make sure you're here early. It'll be great for the people in Gitmo Nation East. And uh, I'm sorry, everybody. I'm just uh, sometimes it gets to me. I don't know what you guys did in the chat room to upset him, but it but, worked. Uh, but it worked. <laughs> but it worked. <laughs> Coming to you from Gitmo Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern California. I think I'll go take a hot tub with a lid on. Uh, I'm Adam Curry. From the Northern Silicon Valley region, uh, where I don't listen to the chat room for obvious reasons. Because I'd be bummed, I guess. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe they're praising me in there. I'm not sure. But I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Thursday. Remember, half an hour earlier, right here on No Agenda. Dvorak.org slash N-A